participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... Uh, Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Monday, April 25th, 2022. Hello again, everyone. I missed you. Did you miss me? I missed you. That's the truth. Feels like we haven't done one of these in quite some time. In reality, it's been, what, 10 or so days? But of a hell of a lot of things have happened, my friends, in the world of Mixed Martial Arts and Combat Sports. And we got a lot to talk about. It's so great to be back. Hope you enjoyed the time off. If you took some time off, spring break, Easter break, Passover break, whatever it may be. If you didn't, I'm sorry for leaving you hanging. But sometimes these things happen in MMA. You need some time off. And so it is great to be back. Massive week here in New York City. Been a while since I felt this kind of excitement, buzz, je ne sais quoi. On a Monday before a fight week because history is going to be made five days in this city from now. Madison Square Garden, the Mecca, 
first time ever in the history, the glorious history of the world's most famous arena. Two women will headline a boxing event, Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano. Be a part of that coverage a little bit, but we are just buzzing here. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on. Like I said, there's been a thousand events since we last spoke, a ton of news, a ton of things going on, and we don't have any time to waste because at the very, very top of the show, we're going to be joined by one of the biggest newsmakers in the sport right this second. That's how we like to do it. You know, I like to come back with a bang. We are coming back with a bang in a matter of seconds. Stick with me here. As always, we are brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of not only the MMA hour but the ufc as well download the DraftKings sportsbook app today use code the mma hour for a special offer when you sign up again that's code the mma hour only at DraftKings. back into the show we'll check in with gc with new york rick a bit of a round table if you will covering the last 10 days in combat sports a hell of a lot of things to get to stay tuned for that also we got to recap gc's bets over the last 10 days he's been on fire so we'll check in with him Dan Hardy's going to join us at 2.30, talk about his boxing match against Diego Sanchez, one of the many things announced over the last 10 or so days. Dan Hardy versus Diego Sanchez. Yes, Dan Hardy, Diego Sanchez boxing match, July 2nd. It is happening. Andreas Michael, one of the best coaches in MMA, head coach over at All Stars in Sweden, head coach for one, Hamza Chemaev, is going to stop by, first time on this program, talk about the big win over Gilbert, and more importantly, where we go from here. Ben Rothwell is going to join us at around 1.35 to break some news, not only about what happened with the UFC, why he was suddenly released. He was supposed to fight Alexander Gustafson, but also where he's headed. He's going to break some news. Stay tuned for that. However, we must start today's show, like I said, with one of the biggest stars in the sport of MMA, one of the biggest stars in combat sports, and one of the biggest stories in combat sports. Of course, you know by now, Tyson Fury returned to action this past Saturday. He defeated Dillian White in a fantastic performance, uppercut from nowhere, lightning quick, knocks him out, big party, 94,000, Wembley Stadium, everyone's going crazy. And then in the post-fight interview, what happens? He calls over the undisputed heavyweight champion of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, the soon-to-be potential, potential free agent one, Francis Le Predator Nganou. He calls him over to do a little tête-à-tête, and it was an unbelievable scene. It was a surreal scene. And so I had to ask Francis to come on the program to talk about this, how he's doing after the surgery, what his future is looking like, all that and more. Without further ado, let's go to the Zoom machine and say hello to the one and only Le Predator Francis Nganou. How are you, Francis? Thank you for doing this, my friend. I'm doing good, Aria. I knew. I'm doing great. Wow, we have a lot to talk about. By the way, you look fantastic. You you changed your hairstyle on us. You're doing the whole thing where you're shaving it down, you're letting it grow. What's going on over there? No, I was I was getting bored and I trying to like work on that, you know, that magic potion to get it back, you know, some little secret that yeah. I, some little spice that I put on my head to get my hair back. And uh, it's coming back. So it's working. Good. Is it working? But I'm still gonna have my stuff. Yeah, uh, it's been only two months. Uh, I have to wait until like probably six months to see the the result. But I think it's working, which is great. Okay. Uh, well, it's great to have you again. Of course, the last time we had you on was in January, just two days after your win over Surreal Gun. It was, like I said, one of the, I think, most important interviews we've ever done on this show. And you talked a lot in that interview about your situation. I actually want to work backwards here. I, I, I don't, well, I, I want to start like, more in in like the last couple months and work our way to Saturday if I can. Just curious, <laughs> we have never seen someone 
speak that openly in your position as a champion about the state of his situation, his contract, all that. Was there any negative repercussions that came your way as a result of the things that you said on this show back in January? No, no at all. Uh, listen, um, when you get to the to that point, uh, I think it's all about like how free you speak, you know, um, and uh, I didn't care about any repercussion. And I think at this point, everybody kind of like understand that that's not my concern, you know, uh, and I'm not just afraid of anything, you know. Basically, I'm trying, I'm not trying to offend, to offense anybody. I'm just trying to do what is right for me, which I think I should, because if I don't do that for myself, nobody is going to do that. You know, I have to stand up for myself. Have you been surprised or not at the support that you have received from your fellow UFC fighters? No, I haven't been surprised because, um, since the beginning, I mean, the, I, I always have the support of the U.S. fighter. Even those who can speak out loud, they will come back to the stage and whisper to me, to my ear, like, good job, Will. I like what you're doing, you know. Uh, then, I, But I really understand their position that they can speak because he, will call, he might cost them a lot uh, or if it's not everything, you know. So I understand that. And that's why I don't want to uh, take this like... Uh, like get somebody involved because I don't want uh, somebody to like lose whatever he he counting on for if he doesn't have a back a backup. Okay, so I was going to ask: Do you wish more people were speaking out? Um, you know, in your favor, it sounds like you're okay with what people are saying or what they're not saying publicly. Yeah, because I understand them. You know, like. Um, it's easy for people uh, from the outside to just say, oh, we think fighters should speak or we think fighters, some people will support you. No, it's not easy, bro. It's not easy if they speak out loud in some, uh, and they don't, uh, uh, in some position. You guess what? Next day they're out. They don't have any voice. You know, they have, they don't have a chance to speak twice mm -hmm. at all. So, you kind of understand that. You kind of understand the situation. I know what is it. I'm inside. So um, I can blame somebody. And if somebody say, yes, I stand by your side, guess what? I will tell him, don't do that because he might go, he might go south. And I'm not sure you're going to handle this, you know, but I can take it. Would, could, could you? I don't think so. Have you had any serious, productive conversations? You or your management, your agent, Markel Martin, have any of you had any serious, productive conversations with the UFC about your future since the fight against Surreal Gan? Just after we spoke, um, we had a, a, a meeting with the, I would say a dinner with the UFC, and that wasn't about the contract situation. It was just like to clear the air because it is clear that at some at this point, it's gonna, we have to clear the air, you know, he was just to trying to, uh, clean things out, you know, speak things out. And, uh, we kind of like speak and I was speaking about my frustration, but, uh, also I had to go back home because it's not a thing that supposed to be, uh, solved in one night or in two over two, one dinner or two dinner. So I think it's, he might, uh, take some time. And I went home, see my family, came back and had a sojourn. Couldn't go back for a long time. 
And then I, I, I had a dinner with Hunter, with Hunter um, a week ago, and it was great, but friendly dinner, no business involved. But uh, as far as business, uh, we haven't really moved on. You know, I think just now is what... They are, we are trying. They are trying to do at least. I would say it's like maybe clear the air. Do you feel like the air has been cleared or is in the process of being cleared? Um, we will find out. It's really. I think there is a lot of work to do here. Uh, at any of those dinners that you just mentioned or get-togethers, Dana White present? Yes, Dana White was present in the first one. How did that go? He was present himself. It goes well, you know, uh, because he was just personal and has nothing uh, to do business. And personally, I have nothing against anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, my problem is just uh, on the business side, which is not going good. I want the best for me, for my business, for as far as business concerned. So, yeah, I think uh, we can we can have the best um personal relationship but we have to also work out the really the business relationship as well okay and so then you have the surgery mid-march successful surgery very successful and the recovery been well the doctor uh, been great and and very happy about it i had my surgery in la with um dr nia alatraj and uh, I, i saw him like Last week, he was very happy about how he's going. I've been off crutches uh, after three uh, three weeks and a half. Um, been doing my rehab at the UFCPI. They've been helping uh, a lot about it. Got a lot of uh, great um, help on the rehab and everything, you know, have a uh, cool, a very good work uh on my um, education at the PI. So it's been working pretty good, you know, and uh, it's been five weeks and a half now. And uh, I've been off crutches for two, two weeks now. Wow. Um, and, and we're working up to Saturday. Of course, we saw you without crutches in the ring. I'm just curious when you go to the PI, everything okay there? Is it, a, it, it you know, cause of your situation, are they treating you okay? Is everyone being respectful, nice, warm, welcoming? Listen, uh, there's one thing that I want to clear now. Uh, you know, usually when the thing is not good, even with the UFC, when they say UFC, it's not people that work in the UFC. People that work in the UFC that you meet every day, always nice, you know, uh, but they are not, they, they, because they are not decision maker. They are not involved in that. You know, they are not involved in your relationship with the decision maker. So, I've been uh, very, I've been treated very good. They, they love me, they respect me, and uh, I respect them. They're being nice with. I can't complain about uh, anything at the PI, you know. So, so around a month and a half or so ago, uh, we have the press conference. Tyson Fury, Dillian White. Tyson says he's done after this fight. He came on this show. Uh, the day after the press conference said, I'm done. This is my last fight. And then I asked him, well, what about the Francis stuff? What about this? And he said, oh, no, 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 that doesn't count. That's an exhibition. That's totally different. I want that fight. Okay, fine. Then he goes, yeah, you know, you want him, you you want him to look good. If he loses, maybe the the interest in that um, dips, all that stuff. Well, we see what happened on Saturday, 94,000 Wembley. He looks fantastic. He knocks out Dillian White. 
And then we find out you're sitting in the front row with your agent, Markel Martin. So first, let me ask you, what did you think of his performance on Saturday? Well, um, the, his performance was clear. Everyone saw it, you know, uh, great, amazing performance. You know, um, the fight, uh, with the fight going on, everybody always have a chance. But to get to the point that he finished in that way, very clear and sneaky, you know, like, just make a, just make a statement on his own. He doesn't have to introduce himself today. Anybody kind of like know who Tyson is, but that uppercut was so nice. You know, you kind of like okay, this guy. There is one more thing that I have to be careful, careful on in the future. <laughs> but you know, I think I can, I can take, I can take it, and I can give it back. So now afterwards he wins. He's doing his post-fight interview with ESPN. And all of a sudden there's Francis Ngannou walking into the shot. Not only that, he calls you over. How did you get into the ring? Who let you into the ring? Everybody let me in the ring. Nobody could <laughs> stand on my way. If you were there, could you, could you stand on my way? No, absolutely not. I would have rolled out the red carpet for you, no. Francis. Yeah. Basically, if the man of the night... Uh, doesn't have any problem with that. Basically, if he's if he invites me, yeah, nobody gonna stand, stand between both of us. Were you surprised <laughs> that he brought you in during the live interview? Yeah, um, I was a little surprised to be honest. I didn't know that's what he's gonna do. I I, I thought he's gonna maybe say something, but no, like brought me in the octagon. Okay, in the ring, by the way. It's a ring in uh, boxing. In, in the <laughs> ring, yeah. I'm so, used, yes. I'm so used to working. <laughs> okay, so when you guys are speaking, it's like almost like you're both talking matter-of-fact. And what's so interesting about this, Francis, as I'm sure you would agree, you know, your friend Kamar Usman, pound-for-pound pound great. He's a tremendous fighter. He's been talking about Canelo recently. But let's be honest, Canelo hasn't really been talking about him. He's not that interested. In this case... Tyson is talking about you. He's calling you over. He's saying, I want this fight. Of course, we know that you want this fight. How close are we to actually making this fight legit, making this fight official, actually making Francis Ngannou versus Tyson Fury? Well, um, I would say I don't know how close is it, but I think uh, it's very clear that this fight is going to happen because both, uh, both of us, we want this fight. That's clear, and uh, we we respect each other, as you can see uh, in the octagon. The guy just uh, earned the moment. He was the man of the night. He could have just been stand there and be cocky. I'm like, oh, I'm this, I'm that, you know. But he speak. He called me in the ring and he speak to me very respectfully, you know, as a prof- as a as a champion, you know. And I respect him uh, as well. Um, so I think it's going to happen. It's, I think it's just a matter of a, uh, our promotion, the situation, the uh, contract situation and uh, everything. But we're going to sort this out at some point, probably next year, and this fight going to happen. Realistically, given your, your knee situation, your rehab, when could you realistically fight again, in your opinion? What are they saying to you? Uh, potentially in November, but more likely in December. Because in December, I will uh, be in the full cap of nine months recovery. Even if my recovery is seems to be faster, I still want to give myself uh, more time to not to give any chance to re-injure that same uh, knee. 
So this times out with your contract because, as you've said, you're a free man as of December of this year, right? With the UFC, your contract is up end of December 2022, correct? Yeah. When when you that's that exactly what it is. When you sit down with the UFC, do you tell them about the Tyson? Like, is the Tyson Fury fight a part of the discussions, or are you thinking, I want to do the Tyson Fury fight on my own? And then maybe we could talk about signing with UFC because in this case, you can actually go out on your own and make this happen, right? Once you like, if you wait till January, yeah. you're a free man. Tyson Fury fight has to be part of the discussion. That's that's not an option. He's a, he has to be part of the discussion because uh, if I don't put if that's not part of the discussion now, he will never be. If I sign another contract now, and uh, Basically, the same model of a contract, I'm screwed. That's not happening ever. So we have to figure out a way to implement this into a contract. What I'm wondering is, if you're free as of December, why even sign? Why even bring the UFC involved? Why not just do this Tyson fight on your own? Well, I think the UFC is a great promotion and I want to keep fighting. Uh, Tyson Fury is not my last fight. Mm. You know, I want to keep fighting. After Tyson Fury, there's still a lot of fight out there. There's the John Jones, there's Stipe, uh, a trilogy with Stipe. There's still a big fight that I can do in the UFC. So, and I would really like that to happen. I would really like us to get to a common point, you know. After, I mean, yes, I can do a Tyson Fury on my own, but what next, you know? Mm. Okay. I, I, I would like to keep fighting. I would like for us to come to a, uh, to a, um, agreement, understand, but for that, uh, I need, a, um, they have to have a good understanding of the situation. Okay, I understand. So would it be fair to say in a perfect world for you, you come to an agreement with the UFC and part of that agreement is to do this sort of co-promotion with Tyson Fury's team. And then after that fight, regardless of what happens, you go back to defending your heavyweight title, whether it's against these guys you've mentioned, Steve A, John Jones, etc. But you want this to be a part of the deal. You don't want to necessarily leave, go out on your own, but you want them to be on board with the making of this fight. Fair? Yeah, because I believe that they can make it how doesn't matter how big it could be, the USA can make make it bigger. Based on your discussions with them, are they interested in this? Are you getting that sense? Are they open to it? It's really hard to say. As I said, we didn't talk. It wasn't a business talk, you know. It wasn't really a business talk. So I didn't have to we didn't have to talk too much about business. Okay. Do you feel like they were saying this on the broadcast, you know, Tyson fights on ESPN. I know his deal with Top Rank is coming to an end, but he has the relationship. You have the relationship with UFC, who has the relationship with ESPN. It feels like in the past there have been a lot of roadblocks, but in this particular case, obviously your contract situation is a huge roadblock. If they could figure that out, it feels like this could be a relatively easy fight to make. Am I crazy? What do you think? I think so. I mean, my contract situation is not a roadblock because uh, either way, my contract situation will not stop me from fighting. So it's not a roadblock. Mm-hmm. So I think it's pretty easy. Tyson Fury uh, contract situation as well is coming up uh, probably soon, as you said. And uh, therefore, there is nothing that can hold us from not doing it. 
Could I ask, uh, like, are you looking for a 50-50 split? What are you looking for? Because on Saturday, it wasn't 50-50, right, with Dillian. Dillian got a ton of money, $7 million, but it wasn't 50-50. What are you looking for? Mm, 50-50? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I think you should get 60-40, Francis, for God's sakes. You're the UFC heavyweight champion. No, I'm very generous, Ari. That's right. Okay, fine. You have 50, to consider 50, that 50, 50. 50, okay, fair enough. <laughs> what do you say to the people? You know, a lot of people, Francis, I've been, I've been uh, kind of fighting on your behalf over the last couple of days saying, ah, oh, no, Francis doesn't stand the chance. Uh, Tyson's going to knock him out, this and that. What do you say to all these people, these haters? Because I'm sure you get it too, crazy social media. What do you say to the people who say that you don't have a chance against Tyson Fury? Well, uh, then they don't know me. I pre- and that's even a good sign because I prevail the most when I'm on the dog. I've heard that so many times in my life, but yeah, yet I'm here. You know, even in my last fight, I kind of hear those type of stuff. But I'm here, man, you know. <laughs> so until it happens, nobody can really know and everybody can speculate, but you always be draws a speculation and opinion. Mm-hmm. The real fight is the way, the way that uh, would give a, uh, a result. That's the only moment, moment that anybody could be sure of anything. Watching him up close on Saturday, you see things in his game and you say, oh, I could do this against him, I could do that. Like I'm sure you were watching it with that careful eye. Did you take away a few things? Exactly. Yeah, Exactly. Like, you know, uh, it's been two years that I've uh, been watching Tyson very closely, observing of his uh, style, how he box, and uh, what's make it better. Yeah, I think uh, over the past two years, I have collected a lot of data on Tyson who could potentially hurt me down the road. And he seems into this idea of doing it with the MMA gloves. Are you down with the rules that he's talking about? I think this fight, um, even though we can't, we can't really do it as an MMA uh, fight, we can implement MMA rules in it, but just make something like, you know, make it like an hybrid fight, something that make it f- feel a little bit uncomfortable uh, as a boxer, you know, MMA gloves, for example. I, that, that was my idea, you know, maybe uh, barefoot or something, Ooh, you wow. know. I don't know. We still have to figure this out. It's just some ideas, but we still have to like figure this out. <laughs> Where do you think is the most realistic spot for the fight to happen? The most realistic spot for the fight? The fight can happen either way in Las Vegas, in London, um, in, in Middle East, in Africa. So this, for me, is the four location that I have. But uh, we can trim this out down again. And and after the event on Saturday, I know we saw you guys talking on on camera. But were there any other discussions that we didn't see? Anything else exchanged between you, your side, his side, anything like that? No, we both know that it's going to happen. I won the fight. He won the fight. It's not a time yet. It's not a time yet. So there's not a discussion right now. There's, we are just expressing our desire. To make that fight happen, but but it sounds like in your mind this is fait accompli, as they say, right? Like this this is going to happen. It's not if, it's when. 
Yeah, it's Wayne. Wow. And 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 so for you, uh, what do I you mean? Think? Can 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 you say that? I mean, it's, I think it's clear because there is something that is just obvious. You can do anything about it, you know. The next over time, the time, we kind of like we kind of like tease each other, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then he gets to a point that he seems very we're very close. The, the the next time we see you in action, you you feel confident that it will be against Tyson Fury. Uh, yeah, I would say 70% chance that he will be against Tyson Fury. Wow. And, and, and the next time we see Tyson in action, do you think he will not do anything until he's talking about WWE stuff, but I'm talking about like, you know, a real fight. You think it'll be against you? Yeah. On his side, I think, uh, I would even say 90%. Wow. And and when you're sitting with the UFC, are you are you are they talking about John? Are they talking about Stipe to you? Like what are they proposing to you? Any any names, any timetable, any any number, nothing? They just talk about the timetable, like when can I be back and uh, stuff like that. But uh, right now I can't fight so they were just like asking like when I, I could when I can possibly be back, which is like the end of the year, when, you, when I feel like I could fight again. When you visualize this fight with Tyson, how do you see it ending? It can end either way, Ariam. I mean, if somebody doubt that he can end either way, then he's out of his mind. Uh, he can, but in my perspective. Uh, and from how I see it, how I want it to be, and how I'm going to be working on it, is to be a best night for me and a bad night for Tyson. Not easy, but possible. You think you can knock him out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, 100% I believe I can knock it out. As I said, it's not easy, but it's possible. Well, I have to say, I'm very excited about this. And, you know, I've seen <laughs> a lot of people... You know, a lot of MMA people saying, oh, I don't want to see this. Let me tell you something, Francis. I don't care if it makes me sound biased as that. I hope this happens. I want this to happen. I'm rooting for it to happen. If anyone knows anything about your story and what have you have had to overcome and what you have been through throughout your life, I'm not just talking about as a fighter. I'm talking about as a young person trying to come and make a better life for themselves in Europe and everything that you've had to overcome. Most people would die in those situations. You deserve this, my friend. I hope you get... 50 million, 80 million, 100 million for this. You deserve this. And anyone trying to stop this from happening, anyone standing in your way, anyone telling you that you're crazy for trying to make this happen, shame on them is what I say. Because if anyone deserves this, if anyone's been through enough crap over his life and had to overcome and is now standing tall on the verge of making millions, generational wealth, it's you, my friend. So I hope that it happens and I hope no one stops this from happening. Thank you very much, Aria. But, you know, as I said, when you listen to uh, when if you have ever listened to my workout music lately, it's God plans. Ah, you know God's plan. When God's plan something, nothing can stand against it. And God has planned this for me, and it's about to happen. I don't care about the haters. I don't care about who say shit. First of all, their opinion f- doesn't matter. They they just if the, if you don't want him, step step away, brother. Nobody invited you here. If you like it, you're welcome. <laughs> That's just the thing. And your opinion will always be just an opinion. 
I mean, as much as I like you and or not, is the opinion. That's the truth. What really matter at the end is what I want and what I will do. And here I've always been like that my entire life since day one. I have heard people say, oh, you can make it. Oh, you can come from here and do it. I'm here. I'm a ch- champion of the world, man, uh, with all the doubt. So I prove all them wrong. So it seems like I'm very good at like getting people wrong and I will get them wrong. And at the main time that uh, by the time that I get them wrong, I will make my fan happy. I'll make people that is behind me very happy. And I'll be happy to get my fans, uh, get a win over, the, over them as well. I love it. God's plan by Drake. So if somebody is some, it, yes, God plan by Drake. That's my uh, workout yeah. music. Anyway. That's, that speaks to me. Yeah. I love that song. Oh, brother, stick stick to to journalism, please. Francis, you're the man. I hope you make this happen. Uh, Speedy recovery. And by the way, and I should have started with this. uh, My condolences on the passing of your uncle. Uh, Laurent, I believe his his name was. I saw you post. Laurent, yes, Laurent. His so, name was Billy. Oh, thank you very much. He's been. He was a great uh, mentor for me. You know, the guy. He wasn't a close. He was. He wasn't a close uncle, but he inspired me so much and be there just by being a human that he was. You know, inspired me and uh, he has a a big impact on my life. Like wanted just to be. Maybe not what he was as a man, but at least a half of what he was. That will that for me that would be a success in my life. Thank you, Francis. Well said. Best of luck to you, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you as always for the time. Good luck in making this happen. Thank you, Aria. It's a pleasure as right. always. Avec plaisir. There he is, le prédateur, le champion du monde, the one and only, the pride of Africa, the pride of France as well. I want to read you guys something real quick here. Um, because I want to put into perspective what, the, you know, when I talk about what this man has been through, if I can do this real quick for everyone, what he's been through. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code Hour. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888 888- Seven eight nine seven 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 seven, or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. Twenty-one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one hundred and sixty-eight hours after issuance. See dkng.com/mma.
Com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Take a look at this. I have this up here. Just give me a second. An amazing... Where's my thing here? One second. What happened to my phone? Did I lose my phone? We doing all right in there? Yeah, yeah, we're doing all right. Okay, look, I want to show you. I want to. I want to just. I just want to quickly read something here, because I talk about, you know, what this guy has been through, and I don't know if everyone knows it, and 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 this is why I think it's important to be in favor of this fight, if I'm being honest. And you may say, hey, I, I want my Buffalo Wild Wings, and I want my pizza, and I just want to be entertained on a Saturday night, and this doesn't concern me. Well, guess what? You talk to enough of these guys, you talk to enough of these fighters, you 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 you, you hear their stories, you hear how they're getting screwed left, right, and center, you root for things like this. All right, this is from a thread written by Polina Marinova back in... Uh, April 13th of this year, Francis Ngannou. Okay, this is a bit about his background. I thought it just summed it up perfectly. As a child growing up in Cameroon, Ngannou endured a level of poverty few people can even imagine. After his parents divorced, he moved to his grandmother's one-room brick house with his mom and four siblings. There's pictures here of what this situation looked like. Ngannou's father had a bad reputation as a street fighter and abusive husband to his mom. My whole life, he said, my father was the example for me of what not to do. I think that was the best thing that ever happened to me because if my dad wasn't what he was, I could have been what he was. His family couldn't afford to buy him pen and paper for school. And he often went hungry because he'd have to skip lunch. I got to the point where I had enough of being embarrassed in front of other kids, he said. So I made a promise I would change the way other kids looked at me. At age nine, Nganu got a job digging sand mines for a dollar ninety a day. The work kept his body busy, but he kept his mind busier by dreaming of making it to America and becoming a world-famous boxer. He was so obsessed with the dream of moving to the United States that he gave himself a nickname, American Boy. When he was 22, Nganu was ready to execute on the plan that had percolated in his head for over a decade. I left the village to go to the city and find a gym. I wanted to be world champion, he said. Even though he was a dreamer, Nganu says he was realistic about the fact that he couldn't become a world champion training in Cameroon. So at age 25, he sold all of his belongings and set off for Morocco, the first leg of a winding and treacherous journey to America. And Ganu traveled a whopping 3,000 miles across the Sahara Desert from Cameroon to Nigeria, from Nigeria to, to uh, Niger, from Niger to Algeria, from Algeria to Morocco. The biggest deal was to get from Morocco to Spain because Spain's in Europe, he said, that was the hardest part. It took him 14 months to make it from Morocco to Spain. An endeavor Nganu describes as a hell of a journey. That's because he attempted to float on a raft full of people to a Spanish island off the coast of Morocco where he would call the Red Cross and seek asylum. But the authorities had pulled him out of the water six separate times and either dropped him back in the middle of the Moroccan desert or temporarily locked him in a Moroccan jail. He got through this chaotic journey with a laser-focused mindset asking himself time and again, what do I have to lose? Nganu 
ardently believed that his temporary pain was necessary in order for him to change the trajectory of his life. In 2013, 26-year-old Nganu made it to Spain and spent time in an immigration detention center. He didn't care. Asylum was all but guaranteed at that point. In his search for a boxing gym, he ended up in Paris where he slept in the stairwell of a covered parking lot. The parking lot was so nice, he said, I didn't even feel homeless. When he entered the gym, Nganu caught the eye of a coach named Didier Calmont, who suggested Nganu try MMA as a way to make a living before trying boxing. Nganu wasn't interested because, one, he had never heard of MMA before, and two, his passion was boxing, which he called a, quote, noble art. As fate would have it, the boxing gym shut down two months later, so Nganu joined a different gym called the MMA Factory, and the rest is history. We know the rest of the story. So don't even dare talk to me about this man not deserving this, about this man not doing enough, about this man not being worthy of being in there with Tyson Fury. Look at the crap that this guy has been through. Look at what he's had to overcome. Nothing to his name. Traveling, see, getting in a detention center, being put here and there, being arrested six times, all this stuff. And the original dream, if this story is told correctly, the original dream was to be a heavyweight champion in the sport of boxing. Now he is the heavyweight champion in the sport of UFC. If you sell this the right way, if you promote this the right way, who is truly the baddest man on the planet, Francis Ngannou or Tyson Fury? You have a promoter's dream. Of course, no one wants to see Alexander Usyk versus Tyson Fury more than me. It's a great fight. It ain't a generational fight. It's the same thing that we saw this past weekend. It's a fight. It's a great fight. There'll always be another guy. And there'll always be another guy for Francis to fight in MMA. But it's never been this close to happening. Heavyweight king versus heavyweight king. This is bigger than anything that Tyson could do in the sport of boxing. Trust me. Trust me. It's not me living in a in an MMA bubble, we saw what happened with Mayweather McGregor. And I know Francis isn't McGregor, but if you promote this the right way, if you let the world know, not just England, not just the UK, the world know that it's heavyweight king versus heavyweight king, you've got yourself a dream, a promoter's dream, an absolute promoter's dream. And I would strongly argue that Francis is more well-known here in America than Anthony Joshua is. I would make that argument. I would absolutely make that argument because of the state of MMA in this country. Anyway, wanted to give a little context there, why I feel so strongly about this fight, and why I feel so strongly as to why that man deserves this fight. And it ain't just about participation trophies. He's pretty freaking good. Look what he just did to the heavyweight goat, Stipe Miocic. Look what he just did to Cyril Gan with one leg. Come on, guys. Make the fight happen. If you ain't rooting for this, I question whether or not you truly love these MMA fighters. That's what I'll say. More on this fight later with GC and uh, New York Rick, but we got to move along now. Speaking of heavyweights, let's talk to one who recently left the UFC somewhat surprisingly. He was supposed to fight Alexander Gustafsson, and then all of a sudden we find out he's not fighting Alexander Gustafsson, and we want to know about his future. One of the all-time legends, been in this game 20 years. Big Ben Rothwell joining us right now, former IFL heavyweight champion, former UFC fighter now. There he is, Big Ben. How are you, sir? There he is. Look at those fists. Ready to rock. Ben, we got a lot to discuss here. Thank you for the time. So let me ask you, you're supposed to fight Alexander Gustafson in May, and then all of a sudden we find out you're out of the UFC. What happened? So, yeah, let's clear all this up. <laughs> yeah, let's clear it up. Uh, a lot of people are, you know, coming coming at me, UFC cut me, and, and what, what do they know? You know, it's it's... The UFC gets to use that press release that they released me. Nobody knows why. Um, you hear talks of Misada, all these different things. 
the truth is the fight got brought to us in January and um, they announced that, you know, there was like an announcement stuff was going on and me and my management sat back and we were like, well, it's the last fight on our deal. What, you know, what comes next? What are we going to do? So we went to the UFC and said, you know, are we going to sign something? Are we going to get something done ahead of time for this fight? Because in my mind, I've been kind of seeing the landscape, what's going on and my timing, where I'm at in the picture. And, and, you know, they let go of some of the big heavyweights and stuff. And I'm like, even if I go in and perform well, knock out Gustafson in the first round, look great, what's going to happen next? And they came back. We asked, hey, we're going to sign a deal. And they're like, oh, let's get back to you. And they came back and said, you know, hey, let's, let's see what happens after this fight. And we talked about it and we kind of suspected that, that was the answer, which kind of left the door open on go out and win, do great, and that's it. And we're going to let you go anyway. So I didn't like that. And we asked for a release in February. I said, I got so many fights, and this fight was just a fight to make money. What is it really going to do? I'm going to fight Gustafson, who is a, a name, but he's 0-3. And the fight is just a fight. It's just a fight to make money. And I've only got so many fights left in me to make money. So we just asked for a release and they sat and, and there was a you know period of time here. They're going back for it. And I think it caught them off, off surprise. If anything, um, I've been with them, you know, for 13 years. Uh, so they granted it to us and they didn't have to. So I have nothing, I nothing bad to say. I've had you know, a good 13 years of being a professional fighter, making my living off the fighting, getting to do something I love. And they granted it to us. And, uh, then I got to hit the market. Okay. Well, thank you for clearing that part up because, um, like I said, very rare to see something like this happen. You're, you're booked in a relatively interesting fight. Gustafson's a name, as you said. And then it's like uh, a few weeks ago we find out, oh, wait, Ben's not on the roster anymore. Okay, so then you hit the market. Now, when you hit the market, Ben, are you free to talk to anyone or is this – like one of those situations where there's a negotiation period, you can't talk, or is it just like, hey, you're released, God bless, you can talk to anyone? So first round management, Abe and Melky, or let me tell you, let's go back the last you know five years. Um, there was, they're 100% responsible for why I'm even still fighting. Um, I was really losing my desire, the, the, where my money was at at the time, and those guys took, took me on. They got me a new deal at the UFC, which was very motivating for me. And they've 100% kept me, kept me excited into this. And I believed in them. So when we came to this option of, hey, let me see the market, I was kind of putting it on them. Like, I believe I did enough. I believe I had value elsewhere. And they, they agreed with me. So once I got released, they were able to go around. And um, we basically got offers from, from pretty much everybody. And then there was one offer that stood out from everybody, and that was the one that said, all right, these guys are excited about me, and I'm equally excited to be with them. Okay. Drum roll. You, want me, you ready? I'm ready. So BKFC came with the best offer. Wow. It made me very excited. I believe that it's it's a place for me because I was doing BKFC long before me, so it's it's something I'm a part of in, in, in my life, you know, and uh, something my great, you know, my grandfather was was doing, probably not legally, but I had a history of it. And it's just kind of something that's in my blood. And uh, I'm really excited to be with them. So you have signed with BKFC, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. Yes, sir. 
wow, um, I don't think a lot of people were predicting that. Does this mean that your MMA career is no, over? No, it was PFL production. Right, yeah, yeah, of that course. A- yeah. Uh, does this mean your, your MMA career is over? So I think it's best to always keep doors open because, you know, I, I kind of get my myself going and I get my name going back in there again and I show the kind of retainer that I know that I am. I, I get people excited again. I mean, anything is possible, um, what happens. But I've got so I've only got so many more years to do it. So yeah, I'll just yeah, – doors open for anything. You know, never say never. Right? Is this deal that you signed with BKFC better than the one that you just had with the UFC? It's a very good deal um, for, for me, and, and it's in short term, yes, it is. It's a better deal, um, and I can't really get into too many numbers, but let's just say I'm a six-figure fighter, and I win my next three fights, I'll make seven figures. Wow. So, yes, it's a very good deal. Good for you, man. Congratulations. So is it a, a three-fight deal, a four-fight deal? What is it? Yeah, we're on three fights right now. Okay. And uh, do you have your debut set? I think that's going to get figured out this week. Okay. So, like time frame, like this summer? What, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I heard the summer is getting talked about. I heard end of June. Um, I'm guessing you're probably looking right now and probably want to get me going. So I can become the entertainer that I love to be. And uh, any opponents being discussed? I think my first fight in, I'm not sure. I think it's, you know, somebody on the roster. Um, I know Arnold Adams is their champ, and, you know, he got some names like Joey Beltre. He just had a bad fight, but his a blast opponent, obviously, somebody that's a totally game opponent. You got Alan Belcher in there. So there's definitely some guys to fight, but the first fight, I think it's – I just got to get in there with whoever, um, get, you know, test the waters. Yeah. Have you been a fan of – BKFCs, have you been watching their events as of late? So it kind of is an interesting question because just, you know, listening to Francis just now and, and, and just the, the boxing and MMA and there's like this divide and, and I'm a combat sports fan. So, you know, I, I enjoy watching Tyson Fury and like how he's come across. And, you know, let's talk business just how Conor McGregor switched over and made all that money to fight in boxing just like look, look how the sports work with each other and what they can do for each other and you know hearing France's story it's just like yeah like we're a combat sports we're supposed to be like we can all help each other we can all help make money I think Tyson really stepped up to do that and you know me going to BKFC it's just it's a combat sports you know we're gonna use fists and punch each other in the head and that's that's what we do in these sports and you know we're, we're collectively all part of this have you uh so you kind of alluded to this but have you ever been involved in a official bare knuckle fight not official okay Uh, when's the last time you were in an unofficial bare knuckle fight thankfully it's been some time okay when i was in my early 20s it was pretty frequent like wow you know i was just starting off the sport the sport saved me essentially i mean becoming a professional and knowing what i could do um, helped me stay out of it. But when, when I was in high school in early twenties, it was, um, you know, it was pretty normal to fight, you know, and that's just how it was. People always like to pick on the big guy, you know, they test themselves and, 
you know, and another big guy wanted to be the alpha of the area and just all sorts of nonsense. And I had to just straight up defend myself, believe it or not. I was people coming at you on the street, guys get out of their car. You got to react, you know, so you stick them in the face of the one, two, one, two. And, yes. You know, that's fair enough for fighting. Um, and, you know, for a guy your size, maybe the people don't know or don't remember, like your jujitsu is pretty damn great. Does that mean we're now just putting all that on the shelf, at least for now? I mean, you don't need to train that anymore, right? I mean, you might just do it for fun, but now you got to start focusing on your boxing primarily all yeah, the time. So, correct. Um, I, 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 if you look at my striking style and what I teach, boxing has always been a foundation. I have a boxing coach I've had for years. Um, even with my other coaches in the past, Pat Miller, just do group this. Boxing, boxing, boxing. There's always a foundation. We just added in the kicks and knees and all that. Um, so that transition's easy. I've always loved it, and I like using my hands. I have a lot of knockouts with my hands. Uh, but the jiu-jitsu part's a sad part because I do have a passion. It was actually my first martial art was learning jiu-jitsu. Um, and then when I met Luis Claudio, it just went over the top, you know, getting a submission over a guy like Josh Burnett and, and doing things like that with the submission game. I never really got to show what I could do on my back in the last five years. You know, most of that's my fault. And it probably also has something to do with why I made this transition. Um, but, yeah, that's it's a little bit sad. But I guess, hey, maybe the door's open to do some jiu-jitsu competition somewhere else or, you know, something else happens. Uh, but, yeah, that's kind of just that. All right. Were you relieved – when the UFC said, yeah, we'll let you go test the market, like, did you feel like you could make a hell of a lot more money outside and felt like the run in the, in the UFC had come to an end? Or was there a part of you that was hoping that they would say, hey, you know, we're going to give you this and that and we want you to stick around? Well, I came to them originally, like, wanting to. I've been with you for 13 years. Hey, you know, I want to I wanna know that I'm going to go through another one of these training camps just let me know, like, hey, if I go through this and do well, I'm going to have another fight after. And it's just business. You know, I get it. Um, when, when they let go of, Desant, you know, Junior and at Wolverine, there was a big flag for me that I knew they were making some big changes in the company. Because those, you know, they wanted to, Junior especially wanted to be there. They didn't want him. And I knew he was on a bad streak. I get it. You know, you can't lose four fights and just think it's normal. Like, uh, obviously, there's things in play there. But Wolverine's always been an anchor heavyweight. And that was kind of surprising. And I kind of knew the writing on the walls. Like, older guys are getting rid of the older guys. So when I asked for release, it wasn't like relief. There was anxiety because I didn't know what was going to happen. There was a lot of unknown. But I was, I was taking a chance on myself, and I believed in my management. So when they, when they gave us the release, it was just like, there was just those weeks of what's going to happen. You know, this is whole new territory for me for 13 years. I've, it's just about the next fight. I'm in the UFC. I have a contract I'm good to go. And this was a whole new territory for me. You know, I haven't been here in a long time. And uh, it was, it was kind of exciting too, especially when offers started coming in and things like that. But, but initially, um, you know, I was in the unknown territory. Was there any part of you that, was thinking, let me get this last one, do something spectacular against a name like Gustafson, and then I'll be an even bigger name? Or when they couldn't guarantee you, you know, something after this fight, did you feel like, okay, there's no point in going through with this? So 
being with them, you know, I didn't have a good last fight. And I guess that's what probably led to me coming to this because I was so upset with myself. Like, I do have really good jiu-jitsu. Um, like, everybody around me that trains with me knows it. I've shown it, little blinks of it. And to go in my last fight and literally stand there and let a dude, a, a known striker, blast me in the nose and lose in 30 seconds, which has never happened in my entire career, was just forget how disappointed everybody else is. I'm disappointed. Disappointed. It it really really upset me that I was foolishly going there and and stand there and not be the aggressive fighter that I am. And uh, you know it's like oh Ben, you're not going to get a chance to go to the UFC to get to to get to win the title that you've always wanted. You, you know at least if, at least go out there and knock a guy out before you leave. And all of those things went in my head, and I'm just like I'm over it. Mm. I'm over it. I've done this for so long. I'm past the point where. I need to be excited again. I want to fight in front of people again. I want to get with the fans. I want to get promoted. I want to have a win mean something. And just to get my character back, you know, not fighting in front of people and not, not being able to be myself has been crippling for me the last five years. You know, yeah, they, they, they threw a uniform on us. And basically, I feel like my hands have been chained. And I just feel like there's so much more to me and more to show. And that's what's got me most excited. I get to be me again and I get to come out and entertain and become the animal that I know I can be. You mean you don't get excited fighting at the apex? You don't like the apex five? It's not for me. <laughs> this is exciting. So are we going to see like you come out in some sort of like, what, what, what are we going to wear? Cause I feel, I feel like there's a dark side. Oh, you're to... fucking nuts, man. I'm Let... ready to entertain. Let's I'm go. Ready man. To get going. And... Yes. What do we got? We got any ideas? Is that you? Come on now. You know how this goes. That's why you got to come watch me fight. That's right. You know, we're going to find well, out the want... date and you got to tune in and see what the hell. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want the yeah, actual idea. Calling. I just wanted to know if you had ideas. I feel like you could come out to some sort of like Sith Lord type of thing, you know, with the la. I mean, the music. I mean, I feel like we could do something real sinister. I'm, I'm with you. Oh, you got to bring the Dark Lord back. This but. is great. This is wonderful. I want to be this multi-villain, though. I want to. I want to be able to to just do a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. There's there's so many ideas, man. It's it, it's fun again. It's really fun. It's it's already shown in my training, and everybody around me just they're like you even sound different. And it's because I'm excited again. Wow. I'm excited to show what what this is about. You know, uh, like some people who have uh, maybe peas for brains will say like, oh, there goes Ariel hating again. No, the reason why we fall in love with fighters is because of their uniqueness, because they are these larger than life characters. They're, they're sometimes quirky. They're sometimes sinister. They're so, you know, that's why we fell in love with Chuck, right? Chuck, part of the reason was he had this look. He had the mohawk. He had the, the tattoo. He had the cool shorts. Tito had the cool shorts with the fire. Look at Tyson Fury coming out, sitting on a throne. Like, this is a part of the fight game. And when they slap these uniforms on you guys and you all kind of look the same, and now especially you add the Apex stuff – to the concoction, it all just looks the same and feels the same every Saturday, except for once a month when they're going to a location for a pay-per-view. That's not why we fall in love with fighting. So you're echoing all the things that I say on this show almost on a weekly basis, and I'm happy to hear you say it because, you know, the fans need to know that you guys don't like this as well, right? You're not signing up for this. You want to be yourself. You want to dress the way you want to dress. You want to act the way you want to act. I, I had words with the brass right when, when the Reebok thing happened. I, um, after, you know, for the Josh Barnett fight, I'm like, listen, 
It was my first because because I fought Matrione and I got through the cape. I laughed. Everybody was going nuts. I'm like, finally, I found my way. I'm I'm, I'm in this, and I felt it. And then Josh Burnett came, and they, I had my cloak on, and they come out before I was about to enter, and they're like, Ben, you got to take that off, or they're gonna they're gonna you know take your money away, and this and this and that. And Reed Harris was the one that did it, but Reed was like. I knew it wasn't Reed. Like he didn't want this. He just, I just knew the brass was going to come down. I took the cape off. I'm like, dude, I don't want to cause any problems for you. Um, I respect people behind the scenes in the UFC too much. There's a lot of people that never get talked about. And that's why the company's so awesome. People like him and, and Allie and medical. I'm just throwing some names real quick. Cause I love those people. Uh, 13 years. I had a great experience working with everybody behind the scenes. They don't get enough credit, but anyway, that was at that moment. I'm like, I went out, I fought good against Josh. And then I called and got up on the phone call with USB brass. I'm like, Hey, listen, I'll let you guys keep my $10,000. Just let me wear my, you know, cloak. Let me do my thing. And they go, listen, you try to wear that. And then we will stop the show. And I won't just take your Reebok money. I'll take your prize money. Like we're going to charge you for not letting the fight right. happen. And all this came at me. And I'm just like, okay, all right. All right. All right. Damn. So I fight, but I've never been the same. I just feel like a part of me got taken away. I finally found something. I was like, really love this. And it was just instantly as fast as I got it, it was taken away. And it is what it is, man. It was business for, for them. It makes total sense. If I'm the brass, I get it. It's a business. We need to make money. This is how we're making money. I get it. But as me as an athlete, it's absolutely sucked. And I just, how I felt for a lot of years, and, and as you said, can you just imagine WWE if every single guy came out wearing the same thing? Yeah, yeah. You know, what makes WWE special? You got characters. People yeah. love to get those individuals. And I love that aspect of it, but I was like a real-life version of it. Yeah. Like, there's no skit here. I get to be this, and I'm going to go out and really fight a guy and really punch someone's fucking head in. It was me. It was a, it was a new excitement, you know? And, well – doesn't matter, Ariel, moving forward, and this is what comes. This is what's coming now. Now we get to do it. Oh, man. That's, I mean, what a scene. Now you're going to let your real, like, you know, inner freak fly. I like this. You're just going to let him. I mean, this is seven yes. years. That was 2015, I think, the Josh Barnett fight, right? If my memory serves me correct. 15, 16, something like that? January 2016. 16, yeah. Okay. January 2016. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but it's God, been a long, it's been too long. Six and a half years it's been. Six and a half years you've you've yeah. you've left. I can't even imagine what you're going to come out with whenever you make this debut. It's going to be super freak style. <laughs> Look at Keep talking like that. I don't have to go over the top, man. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And and uh, no concerns about, I mean, like the, the not, you know, the hands, a lot of breaks, the face, none, none of that. I mean, there's no padding here. It's bare knuckle. I don't know if you know this. Oh, let me just tell you something. There's a secret. Okay. I don't wear hand wraps in my fights. You know, they got onto that. And oh. <laughs> that glove comes to a lot like here anyway. So I've been essentially fighting bare knuckle. Like when you're looking at some of our faces after fights like we get nothing but you got to worry about elbows and knees and shins so you can get brutalized in mma pretty good and you can put it on so i just have some less weapons to deal with i just worry about using these and um you know wow. god bless i have i have rocks for hands so it's a good fit for me how do you get away with not doing the wraps with the commission and all that I had to sign a way that if I broke my hand or something, not all the time, but some commissions, uh, I had to sign saying if I break my hand, I was on my own. So, wow. 
I did it. No problem. And why don't you like the raps? For me, it was restrictive. No matter how light I got the wrap, it would restrict some grip. And in MMA, my grip was a big deal. Wow. And how long have you been doing this? It became like a known thing. Okay, so we kept the wraps because they would make me just put tape, literally a tape around, and that was it. And I kept them. So Brennan Schaub was the probably the first one I really said, you know, I'm not wearing wraps no more. Wow. You go to P.F. Chang's after that fight? P.F. Chang? Why P.F. Chang? Where did this come from? <laughs> I forget the joke with the P.F. Chang's. <laughs> that was stupid. That was stupid. That was stupid. <laughs> so, wow. No raps. That's crazy. And you've never broken your hand? Listen, don't put that – don't put that – Shit on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> no, I'm just no, saying. No, I haven't. So I'm good. That's like uh, – Don't you put that hate on me. I don't, I don't know if you're uh, – you're probably not a baseball fan. Are you a baseball fan? Not so much. There's there's a select few guys, and there were a couple on the team that I rooted for, the Montreal Expos, who didn't wear batting gloves. And they were like super anomalies. They just – they didn't like the way it felt. And, I mean, that's super old school. So, I mean, that's what you were – I mean, obviously, you're punching someone in the face. It's completely different, even worse, and and, and potentially more harmful. But uh, I don't know if a lot of people do that. I think I – who is it? Uh, someone with Faraz. Was it Rory? Someone – yeah, I think it was Rory who said he didn't like hand wraps too. But not a lot of people. Hmm. So this is going to be uh, – this is going to be cake. So to recap, you signed with BKFC, three-fight deal – debut sometime in the summer they should give you an immediate title shot no i mean i feel like you're gonna waltz right in there no honestly if i'm bkfc we need to need to put me in there let me get you know what everything you and i just talked about there's got to be some build-up right does a wwe start coming and go right to the title no he's got to have his introduction match all right i was looking out for you right we got to build we got to get people talking brother all right I was looking out for you. I can't wait to hear the laugh. I can't wait to see the outfit. I can't wait to see everything that you bring to the table. Finally, Big Ben gets to let his freak fry. Finally, we get to see the real you. After all this time being suppressed, six and a half years, you are free, my friend. Congratulations on the deal. Congratulations on being free. And thank you so much for for coming on the program and and talking about this. I really appreciate it. I'm very happy for you. Hey, you know, likewise, you know, it's an honor to come on and be with you. You know, their sport for so long and you're, you're a big voice for all of us. Combat sports. Amen. Thank you for doing your thing. And we're with you, brother. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate it. Congrats on the deal as well. I'm happy that you're getting paid what you deserve. So uh, well done to you and, and the entire team on betting on yourself. Can't wait for the debut. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. All right. There he is. Big Ben Rothwell, newest member of the BKFC team. Uh, That is big time news. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What did you think of the P.F. Changs? Was it... it was funny, but... But yeah. it went over. <laughs> what, what, what was the but? But obviously he didn't know what you were talking no, about. No, he didn't. Did you guys laugh at least? Yeah, we all laughed. All right. Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, wow. So when the news came out that the Ben Rothwell, Alexander Gustafson fight wasn't happening, I think most people thought, yeah, you know, Ben got released. What happened? Well, now we find out uh, that he essentially said to them, all right, what's the future here? And if there is no future... Let me walk. And he walked and he got the deal. How about that? He got the big time deal from BKFC. And go back to some of those old school. Jedi Goodman always uh, posts that one clip of him and, and John Anik where he does the laugh. Wah, ha, 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 ha. It was incredible. Um, I did a horrible job of recreating it. Anyway, point is, this guy's got some ideas. He's a character. Let him be himself. Let him be unique. Let him be different. And now we're going to get a chance to see that part of uh, of Ben Rothwell. I'm very excited about that. So congratulations to him and, and thank you to him and his team for coming on. Interestingly enough, I didn't actually set this up this way. It actually kind of occurred to me in the middle of the interview. But Ben was supposed to fight Alexander Gustafson and our next guest knows a thing or two about Alexander Gustafson. Now, one of the main reasons why we wanted to have Andreas Michael, one of the best coaches in MMA, head man over at the All-Stars Gym in Stockholm, Sweden, on was, of course, to talk about the Hamzad fight. But, the, I mean, this works out perfectly. Almost like I planned it, but I can't take that kind of credit. Nevertheless, let's go back to the Zoom machine and say hello to Andreas Michael, who's kind enough to join us on this Monday afternoon. There he is. Andreas, my friend, how are you, sir? Fine, how are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Uh, actually, I didn't necessarily plan it this way, as I just said, but I did want to ask you, we just had Ben Rothwell on the show who talked about leaving the UFC. He signed with BKFC now, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. He was supposed to fight your yeah. guy, Alexander Gustafsson, next month in May. And then all yes. of a sudden, out of nowhere, yes. we find out that he's out. So what's going on with Alex? Does he have a new opponent? Yeah, he does. Oh. Soon you're going to find out who it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to put you on the spot so, here, but uh, it just no, happened on the no show. Problem. So it's, uh, it's a crazy thing. So he is going to fight it in, in May? Is, is that still the plan? No, no. Oh, okay. But it's soon. He's fighting soon, yeah. Okay. Heavyweight or so, light heavyweight? Uh, light heavyweight. Ooh, okay. So we're changing things. Yes. What do you like better for him, heavyweight or light heavyweight? I like light light heavyweight actually. I like light heavyweight because uh, the way that we've beaten the, the right. <laughs> that's a, the top guys are light heavyweight, so it's no it's a no brainer. Like light heavyweight is uh, where he should be, but uh, he's a big boy, so he he needs to stop 
eating. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. Um, yeah. How long have you been coaching MMA for? I've been coaching MMA for well, I was the I was the the Olympic boxing coach for Sweden before, and uh, so I used to get the like guys like Alex that were good good boxers, good strikers, and bring them into the uh, the camps that we had. And uh, in boxing, there's so much politics, so much politics, uh, Aaron. So. I'm not in this to to do politics. I'm in this to to for the passion of the game, for the love of the game, you know. And uh, I just want I just want to do my best to win. And when politics gets in in the way of that, then I decided like you know what, like there's too many people doing talking too much shit. I can't handle this. Like the I had to deal with the Olympic uh, committee. I had to deal with like the clubs. I had to deal with all these guys. I said like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna go today and do the way that I believe, and I'm gonna do it the way that I want to be, and I'm gonna have an iron hand, <laughs> reign of tyranny." You know. <laughs> so like, uh, and I did, and I said like, MMA was at that time in Sweden was non-existent. It was uh, that at that time. MMA was, uh, uh, boxing was, uh, professional boxing was even banned. It was illegal here. So we had the Mount Everest to climb. It was a Mount Everest. So Alex is actually one of the pioneers of uh, European uh, MMA. Uh, and in Sweden as well, the pioneer, one, of the, one of the pioneers of, uh, so the, he brought the first, uh, he filled the first arena up like with, uh, from, for in Sweden, yeah, we can say. Wow. Um, and so, comparing what happened, like Alex's rise, you were by his side. He fights for the UFC title. I, I was there at the uh, the Globe Ericsson Arena. I think it was 2015. Exactly, I remember. Yeah. I remember? Oh, yeah. my God. One of my yeah. favorite trips ever. What a beautiful city you have, Stockholm. It was incredible. Thank you. Thank um, you. And to, if, is it even possible to compare that, what you experienced with him, to what you're experiencing now with Hamzat, is is there any comparison, or is it completely different? It's different times, mm. different times. It's very, very different. You know, like if Alex was now, like the way he was back then, it would be a little bit of a different story now because now you have more sponsors, you have more money in the game, you have more opportunities, you have more of everything in the, in the, in, the, in the sport. So. Right now, like you have the the social media is going crazy. Like they they're getting more interviews. You're getting more uh, more more time. Like uh, yeah, it's it's if you're good, you can make decent money, good money. You know, back then it wasn't even if you're good. They say you're still like the sport is it's 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 developing. You know, so uh, you're just fighting to put the sport on the map. You put the sport in the country. To put the the sport like on the limelight in the in the media here, you know. So he, he he more or less paved the way for the people that are. Uh, I'm not just saying it's only Alex, you know. Like there's 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 a few guys uh, like that are, uh, that have paved the way as well. But he was one of them, you know, one of the big uh, uh, pioneers of this sport, like in Sweden. Mm. So. It's 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 a little bit easier now to 
for things to happen that can help a fighter like get to where he is, you know, because he doesn't have like to, uh, hasn't got the odds against him as much as what it was before, you know. So if you can think that like uh, professional boxing was banned here, wow, yeah, that's the that's the situation that we were that we were fighting against, you know. Do you remember the first time you met Hamzat? Of course. What year was it? Uh, it was uh, 2016, 2000 and, uh, 2016, 2000 and uh, somewhere there, 2016, okay. yeah. And what, what's the story? The story was that uh, he came. And he just like started like brawling with people. <laughs> he just he just walked into so, the gym. No one gave you a heads up. He, he just walked, walked in. in the gym. He goes, "Hey, I want to be as good as Alex. I want to be as good as all these guys. Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna like crush everyone. <laughs> you know. So and did he have any fights? Anything like that under his belt at the time? Oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. Wow. Nothing. So he was a he was a wrestler that came in. And uh, I was thinking that, oh, my God, another one of these nutcases that just comes in and uh, it's like, yeah, it's tough for like five seconds. And then he's there, that's about it. Right. As soon as he gets a taste of his own medicine, he's going to like piss off, you know. But that was not the case. <laughs> that was not the case. I was like, oh, we have something here. Wow. Like, you know. It was that like he went, he was he, zero technique, just brawling and shooting for the, like, crazy to take guys down because he didn't have any striking. Like, he didn't have any grappling. He just came in, like, raw, raw, like a raw wrestler, like, that That was, like, and I saw a lot of potential. The team saw a lot of potential in him. And we just started working and working and working and working. And in four years, he's ranked number two in the, in the, in the world now. For, because his first MMA uh, professional fight was 2018. Wow! So it, for, it took us four years to get into to the number two spot. Does that surprise you? Like, if I would have talked to you in 2018 and you were obviously high on him, and I said, "Oh, you know, in four years he's going to be number two in the world," would you have believed me, or would you have said, "Eh, I think we'll need like five, six, seven years"? No, because I would be the one that would be telling you that. Oh wow. <laughs> So you believe yeah, it? I'll be the one that will telling you that, yeah. Because that's how much I believed in him. Wow. Yeah. And I that's how much I believe in him. That's how much we'll believe in him. And he's a he's a he's a he's a work in progress, you know, like a lot of people talking a lot of shit, like telling talking uh, out of their asses, you know, like and uh, you know, you can't make everyone happy. Like if you knock the guy out, like in two seconds, they would have said like, "Oh, but he's conditioning." Like, "Oh, but he's uh, he hasn't got hard. He has to be tested. He has to be this." So you can't make everyone happy. Of course, I'm not. I didn't like like the way that that he he wanted to knock the guy out and show everyone that look, I'm just going to walk through this guy as well. Of course, I did. I, 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 we had the game plan, and, it, and, and the game plan was that that he should just keep it simple. And Kamaza is very talented in striking, but like, of course, he's, 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 he needs a lot of experience, and the experience is what he was lacking that that evening, and that's what he got—a <laughs> lot of experience right. the hard way, you know. And people say that oh, he's conditioning and all this and all that. Like, 
I disagree, I disagree because if he was if he didn't have any condition, he wouldn't be able to like pull out that that win, you know? Uh, it, it, it takes a lot. Think about this: like you're running a a hundred meter uh, tempo in a, a race. You're running a race, but you have a hundred meter tempo in a three kilometer race. You know, and you're and you're pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing the tempo all the time. Pushing every shot that you're throwing is like a hundred percent. Like every shot that you're you're you're, you're delivering, you're missing. You know, it takes. Two, twice as much energy to miss than what it does to hit, you know? So if you're missing, you're getting tired, you know? So he goes in there and he tries to knock the guy's head off, like, from the first moment, like, which was not the plan, you know? The the plan was to just box him, like, keep the jab going, because like, he, 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 that's the way to be. That's the way to handle that, 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 that situation, you know? And uh, he did absolutely... Er- everything we didn't work on and he just wanted to show the people show the people listen i'm here i'm, I'm gonna walk through this guy but there's a reason why the, the, the these 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 guys are there like, the number two number one number the champions is that like, they're there because they're fucking tough you know there's some they're tough dudes respect to them you know so if you understand that and that comes with experience if you understand that then you have the patience to handle that situation and that will make you maybe finish him in one or two rounds but you need that patience and that patience comes with experience you know remember Kazakh has nearly never gone like past the second the 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 first round you know so he just when you when you feel like like Tyson, the first time that he went like the the twelve rounds, everyone was like, "Oh my God, he got exposed!" You know what? What, what did everyone say? Like when uh, Makachev like got knocked out, like on the Alexander versus Cormier uh, 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 on that on that yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. In one night two, like what 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 did everyone say about Makachev? Makachev is one of my favorite fighters. You know, like they're not saying that about him right now. Right. What did they say about like uh, Khabib, for example, when he was like when he fought against Thibault? Hmm. Like that, that the, you know, like and look what these are. These are the, uh, uh, great, great fighters. But is how you handle adversity that shows that that, that you're great. And, and not every every uh, performance can be spectacular, you know. But you pull off the win anyway. And I don't think absolutely not. That like that that we lost that fight. That was like a clear win for us, absolutely. But it was messy, and when people see from a, a destructive performance that he's giving every to a little bit more close performance and a little bit more messy, not picture perfect, then all of a sudden it becomes like oh he lost the fight. But what is uh, like? significant strikes is significant strikes the ones that you block as well I don't know I'm asking you is there significant strikes do they, do they count the, the blocks as well Right. because it's blocking a hell of a lot of shots okay it was eating a lot of shots as well but it's blocking a lot of shots as well so in boxing if, they, if you block shots you don't count the significant strikes you know so I don't know like so for me it's like it's, it's you know I was telling him like just keep it simple use your jab don't look for the power the power will come Look, you're trying to knock this guy out, and you're putting everything you got, and all of a sudden he's become immune to that. 
Then all of a sudden, we're going to the, the he comes in, in into the corner after the, the second round, and I and I go off at him. I just didn't listen. He said, "Do not fight with him. Box with him. Don't make this harder than what it has to be. This is simple. If you just keep it simple, as I tell you, use your fucking jab." Excuse me for my language. No, no, it's okay. Like, use your jab, as a term. Like, directly, he jabs him, he turns south, south point, and he jabs him, and he drops him. And that shot was not harder than the, than the shots that he was putting in before, but it was precise, you know? And it was where it, it landed where it should be. And all of a sudden, he said, it's, it's not about the power or, right, the, at that moment. It's about, like, keeping the game plan, keeping it simple, keeping your distance, not falling in, and getting caught by the overhand, which was the only shot, you understand? Like every time he threw his right hand, Gilbert would come over with the over, overhand over the top because he was dropping his left. Like, and he was falling into the shots. All he had to do was just keep the distance and work in and out and, and pressure him without actually doing a lot of... A lot. Have you seen the Canelo versus Smith fight? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Canelo was not, was not doing anything in, in the first part of the fight. But Smith was, like, exhausted because he couldn't keep him off off him. At the same time, Canelo was, like, just picking his shots and not doing a lot. But still, Smith was getting stressed by, by, by the pressure that Canelo was putting. And it, it, it's just, uh, it's active and, and what, what, what do we say, like, uh, 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 pressure, significant pressure, you know? Like we we uh, let, let's call that significant pressure that that like that 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 you don't do a lot but you do just enough so the opponent gets stressed and works to just create something from because you're just walking him down you know and but and at the, at the same time keeping your distance so that 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 was that was, that was all the game plan that's what worked for the two months two and a half months you know what I love you know? about that answer that you just gave me I was talking about like the early days you went straight into the Gilbert Burns fight and then you proceeded to answer five of the questions that I wanted to ask you about the Gilbert Burns all in that one answer you did you did the whole thing you told me the whole story right there without me even asking any questions yeah. that moment though when you were yelling at him in between the second and third it was it was very powerful obviously we couldn't understand what you were saying it wasn't in English have you ever gotten mad at him like that before and I don't want to say like you were scolding him per se but you were very fired up it seemed to me like you were telling him exactly what you were saying like you need to chill out here and stop getting into this brawl with him the 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 thing is that these these kids uh like my family they're like a part of my family you know so these fights are not that healthy when you have them you know, like you, you, you don't, you, you're not going to get any smarter. You're not going to get any healthier from having like such, such uh, brawls. It, sometimes, you know, it's, it happens. But if you can avoid it, it's like do it. You understand? Then you say you, 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 you. We already have like a, like killer sessions at the gym. So for for you not to be in this situation, so I just got infuriated seeing him, like be in this situation that is harmful and risk everything he's worked for. Okay. If, if the guy is like, it's, if it's necessary, but this was unnecessary. And I told him, and I got very upset. And I just told him like, listen, we've been working for this for like 10 weeks. He's like, stop jeopardizing this because you want to show everyone that you're, you're, you're the man. You understand? 
He said, you are the man, but keep it simple. Keep your job going. Mm. He said, this is the, keep, it, keep it to what we've been working on. Like, and at the end of the day, he said, nobody's going to love it. It, it. I'm not saying nobody, but, you know, but people love a winner. So just win the fucking fight, you know. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't remember like John Jones's fights. Yeah. Like he's in his in his last part of his of his career, they haven't been spectacular. But nobody remembers that. You look at like shit. You see like win, 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 like this. Yeah. That's the, 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 at the end of the day. It's like it's 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 it's, it's it, that's what people like remember. Sad to say, no, you know, yeah. they love a winner and they forget about a loser. You know, so. Like I'm not saying he's gonna do. I'm 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 go. I'm I'm pushing him to do boring fights. What I'm saying is that it's to do more intelligent fights, and he has the ability. People are telling me like he has to move his head more to give him advice and all this and all that. You know, like guys, guys, I've been around the block. I've been, I've done this for a, for 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 a while now. You know. That's something that we, we've I've I've cornered against Lemachenko, I've cornered against Usyk, I've cornered against like uh, Gamboa, I've cornered against like uh, guys like uh, Anthony Joshua, I've cornered against like, guys like that. We, we've been in the same training camps with them. You know, like I understand, I know what's happening. He can do all these things, but he just didn't want to. Is it is that such a hard thing to understand? He did not want to. You know, and when he decided that, okay, now I'm going to start working properly. He was, he showed flashes of, of, of greatness, you know, in the fight of the simplicity can be, you know, and that's no disrespect to Gilbert. He's a tough dude. My God, really tough. The shots that he took, the shots that he gave, both guys respect to them. It was an, it was an amazing fight for a fan that likes to see a tear up, you know, but that's not what we're after, are we? We're after the belt. And we're after the, 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 the best way to win. Like Cormier said once, the best way to win is the easiest way to win. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. And I believe that, of course. So if it was up to you, who do you like to – who do you want to see him fight next? Who would you like to see him fight next? I would like to see him fight uh, Colby. Why? Colby, we're a good fight. Like, we're after fighting the best, yeah? So Colby is like uh, the next step up. And we just keep on going. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I think a little bit different. You know, I'm think I, I don't think like the 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 average person. You know, I think a little bit like I'm. Th- I think like this: like if we should fight the best, and if we're not good enough to be there, then we shouldn't be there. You know, like that's how I think. Because right now, it's like uh, uh, it doesn't get easier. You know, it just gets tougher. And if we can't handle these guys that that ha- that Usman has handled, then we're gonna have a problem. And he can handle them, and he will handle them, and he will win. You know, it's just that with listening comes with experience. He can train like it's not about training harder. Nobody can train harder than him. Like you know, I've seen a lot of the I've seen a lot of the the trainings out. They say he trains like a beast. He's like you know. Uh, a lot of people like say like he was overtrained. He was of this. That. No, he wasn't. Absolutely not. You should have seen like what, what is what he did like the week before that. Mm. Like how he handled everyone the week before that. They had a hard time finding sparring for this guy. You have a hard time finding training partners for this guy. God bless everyone that has helped us. God bless all the training partners. You know, like they're amazing guys. Amazing, like 
like, uh, like, because it's not easy training with him. I'm telling you, it's not easy training. He has a high tempo and he trains a lot and he expects a lot from like his, his training partners as well. So if they can't handle it, a lot of guys, like the majority of them, they can't handle it. So it's tough like finding just guys to train with him because he's a, it, it's, it's a lot. But if you're after doing insane results, you have to be insane as well. You have to do, you have to be like, if you're training just like everyone else, you're going to be like everyone else, you know? Like the body is, it does what you tell it to do and what it, and you, and what you accustom it to do. You know, there's people like in Guatemala that go, go up the mountain, like, and come down like 13 hours every day, carrying like packs of like uh, sulfur, like on their backs, like that a hundred kilos. That's like nearly 200, 250 pounds, you know, like, and they do that for like the, their whole lives and they don't get out, uh, overtrained. So asking somebody to train every day for like four hours, like, and I'm not saying four hours, high intensity, four hours, like is four hours of training, you know, and we follow like the, the, the peak seasons, the camps, the off season, on season. And I've been around like with the, the Olympic training, uh, uh, regime. So like I've, I've written like, uh, the, the training systems that the, the, the Olympics called would does, you know, so that has done before. So this is the, this is the regimes that we, that we put forth. And it's not easy. Of course it's not easy. You know, like, so. Uh, we, 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 he works hard and God bless him is that it showed it on the night because nobody that like, has not, hasn't got the condition, nobody that doesn't work hard could survive and, and pull out a win like that. Could I ask, when do you think he'll return? When do you want him to return given how that fight went? Well, it's, this is where you have to, this is where I have to use my, my experience now and hold him back because Fights like that take a little bit of time for for, for the right. body to recover. You know, the the the. So I would like him to fight like maybe in uh, September, October, okay. somewhere there. And and That's do you think my, if he, if he listens sure, to me, sure, 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 sure. And, and <laughs> you do know? you think so, you think Colby will take the fight? Do you think it has a chance of happening? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, God, I, I hope so. I hope so. I. I God bless them all. It's like they're, they're, they're all doing the best to like make money, like win, feed their families, you know? Like, so I just hope like that we, 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 we take steps forward. People are talking about, uh, uh, other fights. And for me, it's for me, if, if I, if I could choose, I'm not interested in any other fight. Like, I want steps forward. I don't want steps back. You know, I don't want anyone building their name on our name. I want us to build our name on sure, <laughs> other sure, guys' sure. name. Of course. No? If you understand what I mean. That's the so, game. So, yeah. And then I'm assuming all goes well against Colby, then there's nowhere else to go but title shot, right? In your mind, you beat Colby, you fight Usman, or the winner of Usman versus Leon Edwards. Hopefully, uh, Leon gets his title shot. I think he's worth it. Yeah. Like, I think he's, like, he's been through a lot, like, and respect to Leon. You know, he's, uh, you know, he's a good guy. Good guy, like... Met him a couple of times. Usman's a great guy as well. Like you know, all these guys at the end of the day, is like they, if you do, if you get them one on one in the room, like in the, by themselves, like they're fantastic guys. You know, mm-hmm. then some of them put a show here, put a show there, like just trying to make money. You know, but at the end of the day, is like I, I, I hope that we get Colby, and then once we've uh, with God's help, we win that fight, 
Then you say we get uh, the winner of Usman versus Leon. Yes. Are you going to be a part of uh, Darren Till's uh, career at this point? I know he has his team that he's very close with, but he's become very close with your team as well. Are you going to start cornering him too? Well, it's, it's coming like in two. Well, we're, actually, we're, we're on uh, on Saturday, we're opening uh, our gym in Spain. Oh, right. Like, yeah. All-Star Spain. Wow, yeah, congrats. So we're opening that gym. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's, it's, it's an amazing center. It's, it's, it's nearly as big as the PI. Wow. You know, so, yeah. So it's, it's 5,000 square meters. So indoors, outdoors. Like, so uh, we're all going to meet there for the grand opening on 30th of uh, April, which is a Saturday, this Saturday coming. And uh, we're going to talk about, like, uh, his his training camp. Yeah, he wants to come back to Sweden. He wants to uh, continue continue, continue the, the training that the, he likes it. So if he likes it, then absolutely. Before, before I, I don't believe in, like, in forcing anyone to do anything they don't want to. Sure. You know? Even in training, like, because if you go, if you force it, then it doesn't come from one's will, you know, and that will you need when you're in the cage, it has to come from you, you know? So for me, I just say to everyone, like, listen, this is how I train people. And if you want to be a part of it, if you want my attention, then you have to follow the methods that I use, you know? And if you don't want to, that's fine. We have a lot of coaches at the gym. We all work together. But in the evenings, we, 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 we divide our fighters, like, accordingly because there's too many for one coach, you yeah. know? So what we do is, like, we all work together in the mornings, like, helping each other grow. Then we say, one guy might need a little bit more boxing, so he works with the boxing coach. One guy might need a little bit more grappling, so he works with the grappling. So it, 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 according to what is needed, then the coaches like uh, uh, take the, the 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 right fire for them, you know. And maybe like I'm uh, not like uh, haven't got the right mentality to be able to click with one fighter. So, but another coach does like. And, and so, like the, the, we, we 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 try to just, uh, assemble and 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 suit every situation, you know. But uh, if people want to train with me, me giving my energy and focus with them, then they say I have like these expectations. And if they want to, then they say they 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 can they can follow. They can come and train with me. And this is what I said to Darren. This is what's on the table, like and. Uh, he followed everything. He's like outstanding, outstanding, very, very, very uh, hard worker. Actually, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I think that it's going to. We're looking. At, we're looking to get a fight soon, hopefully. Uh, can I ask you before I let you go? Because of your experience, all this talk of Francis Ngannou and Tyson Fury. Uh, just curious, like you know, as as a boxing guy and an MMA guy now, do you think Francis yes. has a chance to beat Fury? Well, it's, uh, there's talk about Canelo versus uh, Usman as well, and there's talk about like uh, uh, that one feels like a little Fran- bit of a long shot. The Francis one is like the hot one, right? You know, I, I'm sure you yeah, saw the Francis him. one. Is, I think it, it might be done because uh, uh, Tyson got retired like yeah, after yeah. his uh, his last uh, win uh, now. So, and he said that uh, he's up for just making money. 
you but know, skill so wise, like knowing what you know about the sweet science, you see Francis, you think he has a chance, or do you no. think he's in? No, he's okay. You know, like it's Francis, like the, the difference with with uh, with Tyson Fury and Francis is like that. Tyson's a pedigree boxer. Mm. You know, he's done this his whole life. Mm. So he's like uh, sharpened his skills on that. Whereas uh, Francis, he hasn't got that experience. He hasn't got that like like decade or decades of like uh, handling like uh, 12 rounds, fighting against the best, like like uh, having the crisp, clean, uh, uh, nice footwork, boxing. Uh, uh, but... What he has that you can't count them out is the power, you know. Mm. And uh, in heavyweights, in heavyweights, that like, you can never count that out. Like power is like you get one shot can finish everything. But you know, Tyson is Tyson. So I think that it's it's a money fight for Francis. God bless him. And uh, I think it's a, it's, it's a good it's a good fight for Francis because uh, it's it, it's going to take care of his own his, his future. You know, and uh, I think that it's 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 a positive. Yeah, this was great, Andreas. Thank you so much. I love the insight. Uh, love everything that you had to say. I really appreciate the time. Congrats on the win. Don't listen to the idiots. Tremendous win. Oh, I think okay. it was a massive Never win. Do. <laughs> and uh, keep up all the great work over there. And congratulations on the uh, gym opening in Spain this weekend as well. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. All right. Talk Thank to you for having me. Yes. Take our care. pleasure. There he is, Andreas Michael, the head man over at the All-Stars Gym in Stockholm. And as he just said, they're opening up a new gym in Spain as well. Alex told us about that gym recently. We, uh, we spoke about that the last time he was on the program. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Great stuff, honest stuff, authentic stuff, uh, brutally honest stuff regarding... Hamza Chmaev's win over Gilbert Burns earlier this month and consistent with what a lot of the uh, smart people were saying, like, look, you know, sometimes you get into a brawl and you want to wow the crowd. You want to hit that home run, that grand slam, and you uh, you get away from what you've been doing. And I can't imagine being a coach who's worked with a guy for 10 weeks, who's known him for seven years or so, and you're like, golly, this isn't what we planned for. This isn't what we worked on. Uh, but we've heard this time and again, especially with the great ones, the young ones, the somewhat inexperienced ones, they get in there and, you know, the adrenaline kicks in, the buzz kicks in, the emotion kicks in, and you just want to get that quick knockout. More often than not, you stick to the game plan, you use things like jabs, you you know, you, you slow and steady, patience, you don't look for the home run punch, uh, good things happen. And you saw what happened in the third round, first and third round. I thought it was pretty clear. I don't know how anyone could score that fight for Gilbert. It was a close fight, but to me, it was a clear fight. First and third for Hamzad, second for Gilbert, a fun fight. Curious to see what would have happened if it was a five-round fight, but uh, here we go. Colby been very quiet about Hamzad, about everything, really, since this fight happened. Even Bilal Muhammad, the following week, winning, talking about Colby as well. Very quiet, uh, somewhat uncharacteristically quiet 
So we'll see where they go from here. But in my opinion, if I had to say, it's Hamzad versus Kobe next. That's the fight. That's the one at 170. And it's the biggest one for both guys, honestly. Unless Colby wants to try to work his way up at 85 to meet the biggest fight for both guys. Now, another story that broke over the past 10 days uh, since we were away is that Dan Hardy is, in fact, going to fight again. It's going to be in the sport of boxing, as he hinted the last time we spoke to him. And it's going to be against Diego Sanchez, not Tyron Woodley, who had been, you know, rumored. It's going to be Diego Sanchez. It's going to be July 2nd. It's going to be in Manchester, England. It's going to be on the same card as the returning Ricky Hatton. Yes, Ricky Hatton himself, the hitman, returning against Marco Antonio Barrera on July 2nd. Uh, and they just had a press conference about it, and I wanted to talk to Dan about all of this. So without further ado, let's go back to the Zoom machine and say hello to the hitman himself, the outlaw, excuse me. The hitman is fighting on the card as well, but this is the outlaw, Dan Hardy. Just had the press conference yesterday, I think it was, right, Dan? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, yesterday. Okay, so congratulations on this. Wow, I have a lot of questions. Uh, how did we end up with you being on this card? Was this the card that you were always talking about? Was this like what is the what is the promotion here? What is it called? They're called Europa Combat. This will be their first event. They've been uh, they've been predominantly doing uh, music entertainment up until this point, um, but I think they've seen the you know what's going on in combat sports, and they've decided to unite the two worlds together. Um, and, and you know it's it's going to be a big party. This is going to be a big celebration. Ricky Hatton coming out of retirement in Manchester. They've got a bunch of music artists as well performing. Should be a good night. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, and uh, why Diego as the opponent? Because he was the guy that said yes. You know, the the, the option was put to a few people, and uh, and Diego was the one that that accepted. Uh, Eagle FC have released him to do to do an exhibition match, and uh, I'm appreciative of that. Uh, and I think it's a good one. You know, Diego's been active. He's fought a bunch of times since the last time I fought. He fought recently as well, and, and I thought he looked good against Kevin Lee. Um, you know, and I've been out ten years, so it makes sense for me to fight someone that uh, a is going to push me, but b is not. You know not throwing myself in at the deep end. I mean, obviously, you know, someone like Anderson Silva would be a dream matchup, especially in boxing, but I, I need a, I, I need to dust my gloves off first. And, sure. I, and I think Diego's a good, uh, a, a good first matchup. Who was your top choice? Well, I mean, we were chasing the Tyron Woodley fight. That, that was the main thing. That, that was the fight that they wanted on this card because of the, you know, the tension, the animosity and the, the storyline that had naturally developed around it. Um, but but Tyron just he just wasn't interested. I, I don't know whether he's after his last fight he just realised he doesn't have the spark for it anymore or, or what. But um, I mean I, I respect his decision. But the offer was put to him and it was good money as well. So I, you know I, I don't know what his reasons were for turning it down. But I just know that he, he wasn't keen. So for those that don't know, this is a boxing match. Can you tell us the rules? Because you said exhibition, right? So that's two minute rounds. How many rounds total? How big are the gloves? Yeah, we're doing eight two-minute rounds, and we, we're wearing sixteen-ounce gloves. So I mean, they're, they're sparring gloves, no headgear, um, but we've, they're, they're all they're also, you know, I mean, there's no there's no judges, but of course, I'm not planning on it going the distance anywhere. Needs Diego, um, so it'll be a it'll be a it'll be a, a fight, but we'll be wearing bigger gloves to to you know give ourselves a bit more leeway. And what weight? Uh, One eighty-five. That, that's the that's the weight we're meeting at. I, I've I've agreed to be. You know, I've agreed to come in at under 185. I mean, I think there's a there's a couple of pound allowance either side just because it is an exhibition match. Um, but I, I want to make sure that I'm coming in in shape and, and uh, that I don't have any kind of weight advantage over Diego. Although seeing him at the press conference yesterday, 
I mean, he's, he's a he's a he's a chunk. The man is. Uh-huh. You should see the forearms on him. He's got forearms like barrels. Uh-huh. It's ridiculous. And is there a cap? Like, can you not weigh a certain amount come Saturday night? Uh, no, no, there's, there's no cap, but I won't be cutting weight. I mean, okay. I'm only, I, I'm about, I'm 191 right now and I've still got 10 weeks before the fight. So, you know, my intention is to, I won't cut any weight to, to, to make 185. I'd like to come in about 182 really, okay. which was the weight that I would start cutting from for welterweight. Uh, have you ever fought at 85 in your entire career? No, no. I mean, I've, I've, most of the time I've been over 185 in my career. Sure. Um, you know, the times I was stepping on the scales at, at 170, I, I was only 170 for a short period of time. You know, e- even in my last fight, when I cut six pounds, I was still up over 180 by the time fight night came around. Um, but to be honest, I was always too big in my career. The, the reality is now, if I was turning pro as an MMA fighter now, I would be a lightweight. Wow. You know, I've, I've done the DEXA scan and, and they've said lightweight, you know, would, would be my weight class. You know, height and reach wise as well, I'd be, I'd probably be a lightweight. Um, so a lot of, a lot of the weight that I was carrying while I was, uh, while I was competing professionally as an MMA fighter, it, I don't really think it did a great deal for me, to be honest. It seemed to slow me down. So I really want to be, you know, to be lighter this time around and to make sure that there's no, no concern about weight cutting or anything. And just curious, why boxing and not MMA for your return? Um, to be honest, there wasn't a particular reason. I mean, this was just the offer that came through. You know, I was discussing uh, Muay Thai with, with one championship as well as kickboxing and MMA fights with them. Um, I've had a couple of other offers from, from different promotions as well for MMA and, and Muay Thai. Um, but th- this was the one that made the most sense. I mean, you know, it's, it, Ricky Hatton's always been a hero of mine. Marco Antonio Barrera is one of my favorite, uh, favorite fighters to watch as well. I, I you know, I get to fight on the undercard of these guys that were my heroes, and, and it's, it's it's going to be a good time. I've done everything other than box. You know, that's the one thing I've never done. And there was a point in my career where I did consider going down the boxing route instead, just because, to be honest, it seemed like a bit of an easier path than MMA. <laughs> you know, you could get regular fights. You had more control over your opponents. The money was better, of course. Um, but, you know, I decided to take the hard route and, and went MMA instead. And I've always kind of had in my in the back of my mind that I would like to just step in there and try boxing. You know, I've worked hard on my hands. I like the idea of being very restricted into a into a skill set where I'm going to be tested. And, and you know, Diego's a crazy man. You know, he doesn't trade, doesn't throw like a regular boxer. He's southpaw. He's awkward. He's aggressive. So he, he presents a lot of challenges for me, even as a boxer. And so, all right, so you're coming back at your last fight, September of 2012, September 29, 2012. So we are approaching 10 years exactly by the time you fight, just a few months shy. Any concerns about your cardio? Any concerns about just doing this again? I mean, 10, 10 years is 10 years. Uh, any seeds of doubt in there? How are we feeling confidence-wise? I feel great, honestly. I mean, you know, I went and did my cardiology tests at the end of last year. Um, and, and I, I feel fantastic. You know, my, my condition's good. My weight's down, as I said, you know, even today at the gym, the guys are saying, oh, I, I can see that you've got a fight coming up. You know, my, my, my cheekbones start to stick out a bit more. Um, it, it really honestly feels like, like no time has passed. You know, I, I know it's, I know it's nearly 10 years, but it, it doesn't feel like it at all. And, and I've been fortunate to, in the last 10 years, I've learned a lot without taking any damage. So yeah, you know, I'm I'm 40 in a, in a few weeks, but I, I I just don't feel like it. You know, I I feel quite sharp. I feel I feel very very smart by comparison to how I used to be. You know, I watch my old fights and it, it makes me uncomfortable the amount of mistakes that I make. Um, 
and, and I, I do feel like I've gotten better. And, you know, this is a good opportunity for me to have a, have a goal, have a target, get in shape and get a good eight rounds under my belt against someone that I know is, is ready to fight and then, you know, see where the options are from there. Um, but the good thing is I'll, you know, I'll be in fight shape by that point. And all of the doubt that's been around me coming back will be hopefully put to rest because people will be able to see me on the scales, you know, in the ring with gloves on, trading punches, and they'll be able to see, you know, what I've been talking about for these last 10 years that I'm, I'm ready to fight. So in your mind, this isn't a one-off? No, I don't think so. I, th- I think the I think the the career of fighting is going to be fairly short lived. I wouldn't consider it to be any longer than sort of you know another two years. But there there are options. I've had so many good options put forward. You know, like I said, you know, John Wayne Parr was a great option. He's had his retirement fight now. But over in one championship, there are great options. You know, Nicky Holskin, Eddie Alvarez, Shinya Oki. Um, I've had I've had great Muay Thai fights put in my direction as well for for a variety of promotions. So. I'll see. I, I just I don't feel like uh, I don't feel like it's going to be one and done. Absolutely, and and I don't know whether I'll stick with boxing and have another boxing match afterwards. Maybe even have a a sanctioned professional boxing match in ten ounce gloves. That that would also be a good option for me. But my options are open. You know, I'm I'm a free agent for the first time in a in a long time, and I'm actually I'm actually clear to fight. And so this could be the gateway to returning to MMA as well. Like you mentioned, those names in one championship. A lot of those guys are MMA fighters. Uh, that that door now opening up again. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think so. I, I'm interested in any rule set, to be honest. You know, boxing's nice because it gives me a, a single mindedness to to focus on in training camp. But I, I'm a Muay Thai fighter at heart, so you know, if if there are kicks to be thrown, kicks, knees, and elbows, then that'd be great. And the other good thing as well, one championship are doing really interesting things with hybrid rules now. You know, we saw the DJ Mighty Mouse fight. There's been speculation that they're going to do the same thing with a few other guys, you know, Nicky Holskin against Eddie Alvarez in some kind of hybrid kickboxing rules. I'm interested to see what they're doing. And, you know, I've probably got another 18 to 24 months of of, uh, of push and drive left in me before I need to start thinking about winding it down. So I, I want to go out with a bang, you know, fight a few legends. You know, I'm not really bothered, in, honestly, about the results. I just like to share the space with these individuals. Like Diego's felt like he was on a collision course with me for a long time. We've always kind of been posturing to fight one another. But, you know, it'd be an honor to fight Diego, but it would also be an honor to be able to step in there against some of the other greats in combat sports. And, you know, while I'm old, while I'm old enough, while I'm young enough to do it, I might as well have a go. What was your vibe that you got from him yesterday at the press conference? You know, different kind of cat Diego is. What did you take away from the space that you shared with him yesterday? You know, it was really good. He, he was very respectful. Um, I, I thought he gave a really good account of himself. He seems to be a lot clearer minded now. He's not got that warlock in his back, in his in his corner, messing right. with his mind. Um, he seems to be a lot more grounded and a lot more focused. Of course, you know, Diego's a bit of a wild card. He always has been. You know, when I first met him just after the Ultimate Fighter many years ago, he was talking about how he was like a race car and all kinds of madness. He's always been a bit crazy. Um, but he, he seems to he seems to be very certain of who he is now. You know, he went through COVID last year. He went through all the drama with, you know, with his ex-wife and and his and his you know crazy coach. And he's had some real trials and tribulations. But it's brought him to a place where he seems to have a lot of clarity. You know, one thing he he, meant, he said yesterday is that he, he now has a lot of respect for his opponents because he realizes that he can't do it without them. And I very much feel the same. You know, for for the people that were offered this fight and turned it down. 
the fact that Diego's taken it, it automatically has my respect. And he just seems very, he just seems very happy to be competing. Um, it's not, you know, it's not about championships or anything at this stage. I, I don't think either of us are under the illusion that we've got a, a long, illustrious career ahead of us. You know, Diego's already achieved so much already. And, you know, my career was kind of cut short is how it feels. So maybe the, the two years that I was going to continue fighting after the Sadala fight, it just starts again now, but, but as a free agent. What is it like for the first time in almost a decade? Like you are waking up and you actually have a date, you have an opponent, you know, like just that in your mind, what does that feel like? You're not talking about the ifs, the maybe, the comeback, this, like there is something happening. There's a press conference, there's a venue, there's all this stuff. What is that like for you? Well, the press conference made it feel very real. And the fact that Diego made the trip over to the press conference as well made it very real because, you know, I know he's serious about the fight. I was able to look him in the eyes and I know he's up for it. I know he feels confident that he can beat me. And that's that's really what I want out of an opponent. Um, it, getting out of bed in the mornings, you know, 10 times easier when you've got a fight on the horizon. You, you've got a moment where you're going to be held accountable for your training and your conditioning and your skills. And, you know, that is something that is lacking when you don't have a fight on the horizon. For me, this is this is a, fo- a focal point. It's something for me to drive myself to. Um, I, I feel great. You know, like I said, I'm about 190 at the moment. I've been fasting for 20 hours now. This is the start of training camp. I'm going to do a training session after this and get some bone broth in my system. And then I'll be ready for ready for the next day. Day one's in the bag. Wait a second. Wait a second. You just kind of like glossed over that part. You've been fasting for 20 hours and then you're going to train, and then you're yeah. going to get bone broth in your system. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like a it's like a reset for me. I, I had a I ate a lot of calories over the weekend to try and you know give myself a um, you know a good start for the training camp. But I, I like a fast at the start of training camp. It, it's a good way of you know sharpening my mind, resetting my digestive system, and giving me some clarity with my with my diet. You know, once you've fasted, the last thing that you want to do is start eating loads of rubbish afterwards. I, I want simple, basic things now, vegetables and proteins. And the best thing after a, a, a long fast is, is bone broth. You get all the collagen, all the nutrients back into your system and get some hydration as well. Wow. Okay. I didn't realize you were doing this in the midst of a fast. Uh, very, and you'll do two training sessions. Uh, yes. No, I'll train tonight. I'll, yeah. I'll, do, I'll do a fasted training session. So it's almost 8 p.m. now. Yeah. And I've been fasting since 10 p.m. yesterday. Um, and I'll do, I'll do a fasted training session, some kettlebells and some iodine. Um, and then I'll get, I'll get a a meal with, you know, limited, but focused calories. And then I'll wake up tomorrow morning and check my weight. And I expect to be under 190 tomorrow. Um, and then I'll get a good hard training session in the morning, get some bag work done. Um, and then, yeah, we're rolling at that point. And you've been doing this your whole career, this like sort of start of the camp fasting situation. Yeah, I've used fasting for various different reasons. You know, especially when I was traveling internationally, I, w- I would use fasting to to reset my digestive system and my circadian cycle for for for, um, for the travel. Um, you know, like say when I was fighting out in Japan, I would have breakfast in in the UK on UK time, and then I would fast until I arrived in Japan and could eat breakfast on Japanese time. Oh. And it would allow it would it would like reset my body clock to that time zone, so I wouldn't have jet lag. Uh, it was something I've used like quite consistently through my career. So I didn't feel nauseous and bloated. I didn't have any problems with um, like water retention or anything like that. And, you know, the other thing is, well, there's no confusion around what's going to happen to your body when you're traveling, because if all you're taking in is water, then you're just not going to gain any kind of unnecessary weight. So it was always, it's always been a good regulator for me a fast. 
like intermittent fasting or I, you know, at the last fight Island, I did a three day fast when I got there. Um, mm. and just felt, I felt amazing. I feel very, very sharp mentally and very, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> very, very tuned in. Got it. Wow. Uh, that is fascinating. What is it like being on the, uh, the dais with Ricky Hatton? Like for you, is that surreal? What, what was that like? Yeah, very surreal. Very surreal. You know, Rick, Ricky was at the height of his boxing career when, when I was coming up back in the day. And, you know, I used to watch his countdown shows, the 24 sevens that HBO used to do and, and watch his training. And I, you know, he was a massive inspiration for me. I, I loved his body work, you know, his ability to step around people against the ropes and hammer their body. Um, and his work ethic as well. You know, the, the one thing I tried not to do was to do the, the whole weight gain and weight loss thing. Yes. Um, you know, for, that, for me, that's that's really kind of what what took it out of him in in the last few years of his career. But you know, like when he fought Costa Sue, it, it was one incredible performance. And then, you know, you say the same thing for for Barrera when he when he beat Prince Nassim. You know, Nassim was a very difficult individual to deal with, and Barrera just put it on him with really good basics. So you know, both of the main event fighters have been inspirations for me, but particularly Ricky Hatton. Particularly, you know, watching him walking out to the the sold out MEN Arena before I fought there against Mike Swick. You know that that was a that was a good training exercise for me because I would I was able to picture that arena, picture the walkout, and imagine that adrenaline rush, and he just captivated it so well. You know the Ricky Hatton band were there yesterday at the press conference, wow. playing trumpets and banging drums. People are excited for him to be back. By the way, the arena is not. Is it like did Men change its name or is this a different arena? Yeah, no, it's the same arena. Oh, okay, they just okay. keep changing their names. MEM was the Manchester Evening News. That right. was the sponsor at the time. This is the reason why the UFC aren't going back to Liverpool is because they've got a different sponsor at the arena. Come and on. The sponsor won't allow combat sports. You're kidding. The Echo? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Echo's no longer the Echo. I think it's the, the M&S arena, Marks & Spencer. It's a it's a different brand, and, and they won't allow combat sports. What? So uh, that's that's what's putting the block on on Paddy and Molly coming back to Liverpool. Very, very sad. Really disappointing. And very short-sighted of that brand. Jeez Louise, what a crazy thing. I mean, that mm. that event would sell out in like three seconds. It'd be incredible. I mean, Cage Warriors, when Paddy and, and, and Molly were on the card, were unreal. They, I mean, the, the, the roof would yeah. go off, and then all of, all of a sudden all the kids would come back and put the railings back up, put the lights back up. They're a very respectful crowd, but they, you know, they're wild for it. And a, a UFC, I mean, Darren Till against Wonderboy right, was right, there. Right. What a fantastic event it was! And you know, you know, it, Molly and, and Paddy have, have electrified that city like nobody else. Um, it's a real shame that they're not going to be able to put that event on in Liverpool. That is crazy! Wow, I didn't know that. That was what the the reason why it was not happening there. By the way, I want to ask you since we're talking about boxing and everything. Uh, I'm assuming you saw Tyson Fury, Dillian White. On Saturday, what did you yes. think of Tyson's performance? It, it, I mean, he's, he's spectacular, isn't he? I, I didn't really, to be honest, expect anything other than than that kind of performance from him. Um, I, I just think I think with his fight IQ, with his with his technical skills, and with his physical attributes as well, I, I don't really know anybody that's going to get close to him. I think Alexander Usyk's too small for him, and I, and I think that uh, the AJ is just always going to come unstuck with someone that's that sharp mentally, you know. Um, it, yeah, I, I mean, you know, he's, he's a special individual. It was, it was, a, it was beautiful to watch him perform, and also to see the care that he had for his opponent when the referee was counting him out. You know, you, you could clearly see that he knew that fight was over. Um, yeah, a fantastic performance from him. And I, 
I really, really hope he doesn't retire. Even if we do get to see him fight Usyk and, and uh, Joshua, I would love to watch those performances. But Ngannou is the one we want to see, right? Yes, and I want to ask you about Ngannou in a second. But um, I saw an interview with Dillian White this morning. He spoke to Sky Sports and he said, what about that shove? I mean, how is that legal? What did you make of that? Do you think that that was unfair, that was illegal? Do you think that had, you know, played a part in the knockout? Because, I mean, it did look like some... Yeah, it was like a little bit of a shove there, right, after the uppercut. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there there is quite a bit of pushing and shoving in boxing, and, and quite often you'll see Canelo do it. Yeah. He'll land a clean shot and then kind of shove people over. Golovkin does it as well. You know, it, it, it's, it's a part of the sport. The thing that you can't deny is when Dillian White got back to his feet that he, he couldn't stand up. Right. You know, the uppercut was the thing that did the damage. The push maybe just assisted him to the canvas a bit quicker. But it, I mean, it may have done him a favor because if he'd have stayed on his feet for any longer, he may have taken two more punches and then he definitely wouldn't have got back up. Um, I don't think it changes the fight at all. I think Tyson was always going to beat Dillian White and I think it was always going to be in that kind of fashion. Um, smart boxing, setting him up for that uppercut, knowing that center channel's open for him. Um, I don't think it changes anything, but of course there's a little bit of bitterness you know, you walk out to a crowd of 94,000 people and you're fighting for a world title, you know, th- th- those things are going to stick in your mind. I-, I think it was the right call. The referee should have stopped it. So the hot topic on this Monday is, as you mentioned, Francis versus Tyson. Is Dan Hardy in favor of this fight happening? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I-, I think we need to be realistic, though, about this. I, I think, you know, th- there aren't many rule sets in which Ngani really causes Tyson too many problems in my opinion you know I think if this is MMA then I think we can't underestimate how good Tyson Fury is as a fighter not as a boxer I think you know when you allow someone that's got a natural fighting instinct to use their elbows and knees I think he's going to be just as dangerous on the inside you know that that uppercut on Dillian White could have quite easily been followed by an elbow and you've seen you've seen Tyson hitting pads with Darren Till and Darren's spoken very highly about his striking skills anyway you speak to John Fury, his father, and that man's a street fighter through and through. Like He's got teeth marks all up and down his forearms from where he's been using his elbows. So there's definitely a fighting skill in that family that will transfer to mixed martial arts. You know, if this is an MMA fight, the, the development we saw from Ngannou in his last fight, of course, we expect him to wrestle. We expect him to take Tyson down. And then, of course, we don't know what Tyson looks like on his back. I think he's a, a quick learner. But then any other rule set, even if it's a hybrid, say like a shoot fighting rule set or a kickboxing or whatever, my money has to go on Tyson. You know, he's been dealing with big power punches for, for his whole career, and uh, and I think although Ingano is a is a you know is a is a, a force of nature, so is Deontay Wilder. You know, I think the unpredictability of Ingano's punches is the challenge for Tyson, but I, I think he's seen that against uh, against Deontay Wilder as well. So. I think it would be a really, really tough fight for Ngannou in any rule set other than pure MMA. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see Tyson step into MMA. Wow, that's the, okay, that's a lot there. Um, what it seems like they're talking about right now is a boxing match, but with MMA gloves. Does that change your stance on how the fight would unfold? No. No, no, I, I don't. I mean, of course, bigger gloves will take a, take away a, a minute amount of the punching power of Ngannou, and the smaller gloves will make it easier for punches to get through guard. But it's the, it's the slickness of Tyson Fury's head movement and defense. that That's going to be the challenge for Ngannou. Of course, smaller gloves boxing, it means that if he does land, it's going to be far more concussive. 
but he still has to land against arguably, you know, well, one of the best heavyweights that's ever lived. You know, I mean, you've got to you've got to think he's he's going to be he's got to be top five at this point of all time. And Ngannou's a, a um, he's a, he's a force, of course, but he's not he's not a skilled uh, fighter like uh, like Tyson is in in the striking arts. You know, it doesn't mean he can't be effective, of course, but it, it would be incredibly challenging to connect cleanly with Tyson and really hurt him. When you say that you think that Tyson will do MMA, is that a guess or an educated guess, an informed guess? No, I, I, no, I think it's, it's an educated guess. I mean, I've spoken to him personally, and, and he's mentioned it to me. I, I interviewed him in Vegas. I actually used to train at the same place as him way back in the day. He used to hit pads while I was putting my wraps on, and then I'd get in the ring afterwards and, and train. Wow. So I, I watched him way back in the day before he was Tyson Fury, before anybody really knew who he was. And he, he's always been a scrapper. You know, even his even his spot, even his pad sessions look like a fight. You know, I used to feel I used to feel bad for his pad man because he used to get pushed around and <laughs> lent on and beaten up, and he was always kind of jabbing him to the body and trying to tease him as well. I, I just think I think he's a handful no matter what combat sport he's in, and I, I I think he likes the idea of being able to elbow and knee people. I mean, why else would he have gone to train at Cowbon? I think he's I think he was testing himself there, and I think he found what he what he was looking for. And I think he would be very effective. But before I let you go, I just want to ask this because your mind is so good at this stuff. Uh, you saw Tommy Fury, right? You watched that fight? Yeah. Who wins, him or Jake Paul? You know, it's a very, very even fight. You yeah. know, I, I, I've, I've, I don't think we can underestimate Jake Paul at this stage. You know, the, the way that he knocked out Tyron was a, a really nice feint to the body. You know, even to the point where people were saying that it, it was it was a fix, it absolutely wasn't. You know, right. it set him up perfectly. Like Tommy's a good a physical specimen, but he's not the same fighter that Tyson is. You know, and and that's that's common knowledge. You know, that's common knowledge in the Fury family. I, I think they recognised that Tyson was the one that was always destined to be a world champion fighter, and Tommy was always held back. Like uh, John Fury didn't want Tommy Fury to be a boxer. He didn't feel like he had it in him. And, you know, since he's turned pro, of course, you know, he's undefeated. But you look at the guys that he's fighting. I mean, that, that guy that he beat at the weekend, he was, what, 10-1, and one, um, you know, coming off his first knockout loss. Like, they, they engineer these guys' careers. And, and, you know, Tommy's maybe 10 fights away still from having a really tough fight. And Jake Paul, I think, would be that, would be that first fight if they fought now. I think Jake's a big, strong individual. He's a smart dude. He, he's already inside Tommy's head. And... And the pressure, the pressure on Tommy Fury to be a Fury. You know, I, I was recording something with uh, with John Fury um, ahead of the, uh, the the first Tyron Woodley fight with uh, Jake Paul, and I mean he was talking off camera like he would disown him if he lost to Jake Paul. Like you've got to imagine the pressure that that would put on Tommy Fury's shoulders. Like there's no pressure on Jake Paul. He's he's living every day to the fullest, but there's an expectation on Tommy Fury, and and that would work against him. I actually think Jake Paul would probably be the favorite at this point going into that fight. I agree. And by the way, could you imagine if they do this in the UK? Because uh, it's be amazing. The UK actually, I, they cover Jake. Like anytime I do anything, even when I put out the 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 quote that he had on Tommy's fight, like the UK media covers him very closely. Tommy is Tommy Fury family. That would be. I mean, like, I think because the first fight fell through between them in December and it was kind of like ho-hum and now this performance was sort of ho-hum, 
an added layer to it, do it in somewhere like Manchester or at the O2 or something, what a scene it would be, right? What a scene. It, it would be incredible. It would be incredible. Yeah, I mean, you, you saw the event on uh, on Saturday night. Like, I, I was in London for the press conference, of course, and the, the whole city was taken over by it. Everybody I was walking past, are you going to the boxing? What do you think? Who's going to win? Right. It's it's a beautiful thing when London gets taken over by a boxing event. And, you know, well, the name Fury carries a lot of weight. But the fact that Tyson would be there in his corner supporting and the fact that Jake Paul brings that intensity and that, uh, that you know, the bravado and the pressure, um, e- easily a marketable fight. Definitely would sell out an arena. Wow. Uh, for you, though, July 2nd, Manchester, the return of the outlaw. Finally, after all these years, Dan Hardy is coming back against Diego Sanchez. Very recognizable name. We know him well. Uh, and the main event is Ricky Hatton against Marco Antonio Barra. Pretty incredible stuff. Good luck to you, my friend. Thank you for doing this. Appreciate it very much. Good luck in training camp. And, of course, good luck on July 2nd. Hopefully we'll talk about it before all of then. But uh, I wish you the best, and it's great to see you back. Well done. Congratulations. Thank you, my friend. It's always good talking to you. And I will speak to you again very soon. Yes, sir. There he is. Dan Hardy joining us, returning to action. Finally, his last fight. Wow, September of 2012 was his last fight, fought Amir Sadala on UFC on Fuel TV, Strew versus Miacic. Could you believe that? Uh, that was UFC on Fuel TV 5 in Nottingham, England. Over in the UK, of course, Stefan Struve shocking Stipe Miacic that night. Remember that? Defeating him in the second round via TKO. Uh, Dan Hardy versus Amir Sadala was on the... Uh, was on the main card as well, co-main event. Other names on that card, on that main card, Brad Pickett versus Yves Jabouin, Matt Wyman versus Paul Sass, John Hathaway versus John McGuire, Che Mills versus Dwayne Ludwig. Remember that crazy one with the the, the knee injury? Bang Ludwig got hurt. Uh, Jimmy Manuel versus Kyle Kingsbury, Kira Corasani versus Andy Ogle, Brad Tavares versus Tom Kong Watson, Gunnar Nelson in the second fight from the bottom against Demarcus Johnson and Robbie Peralta against Jason Young was the curtain jerker. Pretty solid card on Fuel TV. That was the last time we saw Dan Hardy in action. Of course, he had some health issues afterwards, but he's returning on July 2nd against Diego Sanchez. Crazy time in combat sports. Everything's getting mishmashed together. It's a fun time and you love to see the MMA guys uh, get the paydays as well. We'll talk a lot more about this Tyson Fury Francis Ngannou fight in a second with GC New York Rick. Also go over the uh, the bets from this past well two weekends and uh, maybe a little look ahead as well and talk about some news and notes that have gone down over the past ten or so days. But first. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's check in with the boys here. By the way, uh, speaking of the uh, NBA playoffs, yeah, I was wondering. <laughs> I mean, it's a great transition. I was wondering about that. Didn't your teams play each other? No, did okay. they? I don't think so. Well, that's a nice shirt you got there, Rick. We're both Hawks fans. It's, it's not my favorite color, I'll admit. Um, wow, look but, at this. Uh, 
This is Listen, some when kind my friend, of scene. When my friend brings me something gratis, you know, to wear, I'll, I'll take it. Thank you, GC. And I wish we can uh, pan down on that camera just a smidge. Uh, that is a hawk shirt that you are wearing, GC. I know he won't show it. Yeah, nice I, to get him out of the black for once. Yeah, no, it is a good. <laughs> Not look. my favorite. Not my favorite. Oh, there but, it is. Uh, yeah, we see it right there. And uh, GC, for those listening, wearing the old school Dikembe Mutombo exactly jersey. spot on. 90s. I didn't know there was a bet. Listen, I guess it was made the day of. I feel like the people kind of forced it. Okay, was it made on Twitter? Like, where was this made? No, nah, we. You know, it was private. Yeah, we text a little bit. Me okay. and GC. All right, we're buds. So this was um, the bet. Uh, Cavs lose in the play-in game. You wear the T-shirt. What would have happened if the Cavs won? Vice he's, versa. He's wearing, okay. he's wearing the Cavs swag. Do you even have a Cavs jersey? I feel like you're just like you such know, a fake fan. That there's you don't even there's, know. there's a certain limit to how much fake fan stuff I'm going to take from you, no, I Mr. Just Toronto Raptors. What's Mr. Toronto a, Raptors? Sorry. What, what, what? Do you have a team? Yeah. Which team? The New York Knicks. Oh, because you seem forever. to be gloating about what? some some Raptors things that are going I'm on. Not I just gloating. want to check in. By the way, I just want to make sure that you're is, still a Knicks fan. This is the now crazy that, thing. Now that Scotty Barnes. Okay, is, so is, am, I, am I a Celtics fan because I say Jason Tatum's a top five player? No, I'm a basketball fan. I'm allowed to have takes on the sport of basketball. Yeah, you seem to be celebrating for the Raptors a little yeah. more, a little more what, than what's just. What's there to celebrate? They're down three one. They're about I, to lose. I, I would ask tonight. you the same thing. What's there to, to celebrate? Let's just say when Kawhi was there, you were a little more excited. You were a little more excited. My team didn't make it to the playoffs they sucked okay I'm and just, the country no, of canada has one just, basketball team i'm just setting the, pretty i'm just setting the level the expectations the canadian of basketball the fake, team the fake fan stuff that i'll take i'll take a, i'll take up to here no, i just wanted to know by the way don't get so defensive i just wanted to know if you own the jersey that was it i i own a jersey it would have been a beautiful sean kemp circa signed, 97 signed sean kemp no wow, no he wasn't signed, there in 97 no, no, was uh 98 99 2000 era um we we were just talking about this. The jerseys from the '90s that I kind of thought were putrid back then, like are actually like oh, really good. Yeah, they're so great. they're the so sick blue. now. Like even this Hawks one, like back then I was like, eh. Like, now it's awesome. like, eh. Now it's it's pretty sick because all of them suck. Uh, but yeah, you know what? Don't 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 come at me with your with your bottom basement Knicks team. You make the playoffs one time in the last wait, wait. thirty years, and you act like both, you're both you're teams. Hot SHIT. Both teams didn't make the playoffs this year. After all the hoopla, you guys didn't even qualify. We ended up in the same spot. Yeah, After you know what? That. My team got injured and uh, and everybody fell off. Your oh, team was was man. healthy all year and just in the tank. Well, he's a the Hawks bum, fan now. The he's bums, not a Cavs yeah. Fan yeah, and you know what? Look, Hawks are we're repping the well, Hawks baby. now. We're repping the Hawks no, now. No, it's good. I mean, Mobley got the rookie of the year. It all worked Again, out. Again, so <laughs> you seem to be gloating about this. You seem to be celebrating this. He got hurt. Let, let's call this. You know what? We'll start it here. This is not an NBA uh, show, but we'll start it here. Yeah. Evan Mobley will have the best career out of those three. Ooh. First of all, Scotty Barnes isn't even better than Cade Cunningham, who's the number two oh, guy. That's um, a crazy take. No, it's not. I, I mean, there's a lot of people who would argue Cade's actually number one. I would I would push back against that, obviously. Uh, All-team defense, uh, Evan Mobley, impact player for, for a near playoff team, uh, sad tier, uh, is going to be the best, is going to have the best career out of all three, no doubt in my mind. Already an impact player, uh, Kate Cunningham. That's a lot of takes looking here. like a decent, looking like a pretty know, like, decent it's offensive. Just, it's um, a lot of crazy takes. Uh, offensive uh, initiator, uh, Scotty number three. Now yeah. it's and I don't even think that's like only that hot a take of the three. Only team still in it. Yeah, the Raptors are the Raptors are good and uh, didn't get hurt at the end of the year like the Cavs did. Well, now now look at Scotty's out. The Raptors don't look so hot, right? That's 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 what happens. We should put a pin on the NBA talk. Honestly, I'm not even being an a-hole right now because I wish I could 
fly yeah. to Arizona and hug our friend Shaheen. Uh, I can't even imagine what he's going through with his team uh, now tied with the Pelicans 2-2 after the season. Jesus that they Christ. Had. You just no, – the I, team's I, get being, injured and you just no, rub I'm it in being people's honest. faces. I'm actually being honest. Oh, I, okay, I don't so want him to think about the NBA right now. For him, you're sympathetic. But for my team gets injured, no, it's like, oh, you guys nah, – Because there was a lot of bluster. Let's it was a say, lot of pushing of the chest. Let's just say if you hadn't dropped that P.F. Chang's reference, I'd be very mad at you right now. That was fantastic. What about that? What about that? My only regret about the P.F. Chang reference is that I think he thought I was making fun of him. He, he, he can't tell. Was he doesn't Ricky know Bobby if, if you're reference? going at him. But. Was the Ricky Bobby reference like a comeback to that? No, I don't think so. Or was that I like about he, no, the no, I think he just, I think he was just trying to hit me yeah. back with another insider thing, which, by the way, yeah. I don't, I've never even seen that movie. I'm oh shocked. My God, wow. I'm yeah. shocked that you haven't seen a movie. Not shocked you haven't seen it? Fantastic. If you love Billy Madison as much as you say you love oh, it. Oh, I love Billy. I mean, Talladega Nights is up the same alley. <laughs> I might have Sean seen like, in, the, in the Slack saying, oh, I'm, no. I'm a wreck. He says uh, I'm a I know. Wreck. I, 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 now, actually, I went and looked at his Twitter this morning. I was like, is he saying I mean, anything? I, should, I, after I, being up to a last we should year also well. We should also know. give a shout out to Jose Young's also um, – <laughs> an Arizona resident who's rooting for the Suns now, but also the Arizona, Celtics. But he's so not he's, born and bred. Yeah, he, well, he's he's a Celtics fan, but you know. Yeah, okay, so what is the shout? Out? Oh wait, wait, wait a minute. This is way, coming. The, the, the is Toronto. He's not even the a Toronto, Suns New fan. York thing. He's a, he is a Suns fan. Oh, I he's thought a, you said he's, he's a Celtics like you. Fan. He's a he's a Celtics fan who's also rooting way, for another Celtics team. Celtics are going to make it to the team. finals. I, I'd be thrilled nah, if I were nah, nah. nah, Giannis. Brooklyn, Giannis is starting. Brooklyn's is too tough. Yeah, Coming back from three zero. Get out of here. Never sleep on, on Brooklyn. All right, baby. enough NBA. Okay, okay, Jesus. okay. This is a lot. Oh, Sean wrote me something. Let's see. Um, I'm a wreck in all caps. Oh God, I feel so bad. I'm being honest right now. I actually he gets the sympathy. It's very rare that I root for a one seed, but in this case, I am rooting for them. My team. Are never the one seed. Mm. All right, guys. Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou. We've been talking about it. Yep. New York Rick, you want to go first? Your thoughts? The fight to make. Um, I Tyson Fury could fight Anthony Joshua. Tyson Fury could fight Usyk. Uh, they would be kind of academic at this point, in, in my in opinion, just based on like his skills, where he's at. Certainly, I think the Joshua fight is a huge fight. Do not get me wrong. Even though he has not looked um, up to the task, Joshua uh, coming up so a loss, by the way. Just he hasn't her. look. He hasn't performed to the level that was needed for that super fight to happen between him and Tyson Fury. But with a win, I think he gets back in that territory, and that fight would be huge, no doubt, for boxing. Um, and if you put that in the UK, I think that crushes anything that they did with Dillian White. Obviously, um, I think Joshua just has so much more of a fan base there. But Dillian has a has a really strong fan base as well. Um, but in terms of general interest, in terms of building um, anticipation, in terms of getting the eyes of the world beyond the boxing audience on it, uh, there's no doubt that Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou is the fight to make. And I think it's the fight to make for both guys. I think there's no there's no coincidence that Tyson Fury seems to want this fight as much as Francis Ngannou does. Um, and I think that's a, that's. The, the most interesting part of this is that Tyson Fury wants it because typically, as as you said to um, who was it uh, to either Francis or or, or I think somebody it was to Francis, yeah. that Tyson buying into it um, and you know Canelo not necessarily buying into the Kamaru fight is the key. Ty- the boxer is kind of the one in control of this usually, and in this case, Tyson buying it as much as Francis is what makes this so interesting. Usually, it's the uh, the MMA guy tugging at the coattails. Yeah. Of the uh, the boxing guy Usman Canelo is one of many examples of this, but 
even and it, to an extent Connor Mayweather. Like Connor was the one kind of drumming that up first. He was yeah. trying to get the attention and ultimately did get Mayweather's attention, but he was he was putting it out there. He was pushing it forward. This seems to be two guys meeting in the middle on it. Um, which is which is not what we've seen in the past. GC, I saw you were watching on Saturday. To me, the part was like Tyson's doing the post fight, and all of a sudden he's calling over Francis. It was surreal stuff. I didn't know that Francis was there. Like I looked later at his Instagram or his Twitter, and he posted you didn't see my tweet? I a tweeted picture. That he was there. Yeah, I did not realize that. Here he was I am. There. I, I'm calling you like the social media I know, you're star. Giving me all this love. I guess I, I guess I didn't see it. I missed over it. So I didn't know he was there. So when he pulled up, like when he pulled Francis aside, I was like mind blown, like jaw on the floor. I was like going crazy. This okay? It's actually better that you didn't see the tweet then. Yes, it was like a legit surprise. It was amazing. Like it was it was amazing. Everyone who I was watching with, I was going so crazy, and everyone was like, "Whoa, what's going on?" I was like, "That's Francis and Ganu right there." Uh, I mean, you asked if it's the fight to make, like. If Tyson Fury is going to fight, I'm going to watch it no matter what. Like, he is just the epitome of entertainment. And whether it's the fight to make or not, I think it's the fight that's going to be made. You think it happens? I just don't see Tyson Fury doing any fight but that fight. He's bringing Francis Ngannou in like he's doing that. Whether Ngannou can get the contract, you know, negotiations worked out to be able to get the fight. I think Tyson Fury, the only way he's fighting again, his next fight will be against Francis Ngannou. Are you guys surprised that... That Nganu is saying like he wants to do the deal with the UFC and then do this fight because there could be a world where he does the deal with Tyson, cuts them out, and hopes that he wins, and now his stock is even higher, and then does the deal with the UFC. Yeah. I know it's a risk, but No, I'm not surprised because I think he's coming to the realization and and I think this was one of the realities and one of the reasons people have, have thought he'd return to the UFC is he fights Tyson Fury and then what? And he said, what's next after that? He intends to be an right. MMA fighter. What's after that? The biggest fights for, for Francis Ngannou outside of Tyson Fury. Let, let me – I want to stop here for a second. I am assuming t- Francis Ngannou is going to lose this fight to Tyson Fury. That That is an assumption that I'm operating under. I don't think there's any rule set that's not an MMA fight where Francis Ngannou beats Tyson Fury. So let me let me just put that out before I continue what I'm about to say. So – if that is true, if Francis Ngannou doesn't beat Tyson Fury, it's then what? He doesn't. He, that doesn't line him up for fights against Joshua and the other boxers at the top tier of that sport. So the biggest fights for him are going to be in MMA moving forward after that. It would make sense for Francis Ngannou as a businessman to line up a Tyson Fury fight, get the UFC's promotion behind it, the way Conor McGregor did as well, and then walk back into super fights. Because I'm assuming he's going to lose. Again, I'm putting that out there. Walk back into fights with John Jones. Stipe Miocic, whoever else um, at the top of the UFC's heavyweight division. So it makes sense. Now, do I think that the UFC is going to potentially get on board with that? I could see it. But what I don't think will happen is Francis Ngannou does that fight um, and UFC gets on board with it. And then the next fight that he uh, – sorry, the next contract that he has with the UFC is materially different than he had before. Um, it will be a similar contract. I can't see what they, what exceptions they would allow Francis Ngannou to have. And this seemed to be the crux of the issue when Francis Ngannou was first talking about it. I need a different contract. It can't just be I get to fight Tyson Fury and then I'm back on the same UFC contract. That, that, at least for me, that didn't seem to be what he was fighting for and what the argument seemed to be. So if that's the case, I don't know how well those two things are going to gel. Does Does the UFC offer him a different structure, a different type of contract? I don't think so. I don't I don't see how He's they would. He's got to get a pay raise. Got to get a pay raise, but that – remember, he said this on this show. It's not about the money. It's about the freedom. Right. It's about what I've fought for. Is he going to fight – UFC could get on board with a Tyson Fury fight, 
um, as they did with Mayweather and McGregor. But then when you come back, you're just signing the same UFC deal that you signed before, except for more money. That that seems to be against what Francis Ngannou had been saying previously. So I'm not sure how well those two things gel. If he says, hey, I'll fight Tyson Fury for you guys. You're involved in the promotion. Hey, I'll come back and sign same type of deal, same structure of deal, but for more money, I think UFC would sign it tomorrow. I think they take that in a heartbeat. But that didn't seem to be what Francis was fighting for. If that has changed, I could I could see it being sewn up real quick as soon as he's healthy. And for those who are saying the UFC wouldn't do a deal with top rank per se, uh, Tyson's deal is up with top rank. Now, he's still with Frank Warren of Queensberry, um, and they have a relationship with ESPN. But you don't necessarily need Bob Arum and top rank to make this fight happen. Now, I know that Bob Arum is talking about how it's easy to make and all this stuff. But I really think that this is a relatively easy fight to make, especially because you have Tyson saying, like, here, let's do this together. Tyson's probably going to do a WWE thing in the fall. They're going to Cardiff. They're going to try to sell 90,000 seats to that one. And then beginning of the year, end of this year, probably beginning of the year, he does this. And then, oh, by the way, then he could do Usyk versus Joshua. It's not like that fight is booked. It's not like booking in Ganu versus... Tyson takes away from Tyson versus Usek or Tyson versus Joshua, whoever wins that fight, whenever they do fight, it ain't happening anytime soon. Let me tell you that. So, like, what's the problem? Why can't we have both? That's the part I don't understand. I love Artem. Artem Lobov was, like, kind of telling me, oh, you know, the sport, you need the best to fight the best. I was like, Artem, come on, man. Like, this is a little rich coming from – I love Artem. He's the GOAT. But, I mean, come on. What? Why was it okay for – Connor to do it five years ago, and it's not okay for Francis to go after this. And by the way, like, there's a legit storyline here. It's not just Francis saying, like, hey, I'd like to... It's champion versus champion. It's baddest man versus baddest man. I'm actually kind of blown away by anyone who doesn't want to see this fight. And if you tell me that you don't want to see this fight because you think it's going to be a cakewalk, all right, fine. But, like, let the guy eat, for God's sakes. Let the guy have his moment. He but earned that's, it. That's fair, right? That it won't be a competitive fight. I think that's a. Uh, I mean, look, I'm not in that camp. I want to see that fight. No doubt in my mind, I want to see that fight again because I don't think Joshua or Usyk are interesting challenges for Tyson Fury. Just straight up, like I think they're the best. I think the heavyweight crop is is pretty solid right now. I don't think they're interesting challenges for Tyson Fury. I think he's too big for Usyk, and I think he's too skilled. And uh, Joshua is too defense, uh, too much of a liability defensively uh, to mess with Tyson Fury. Francis Ngannou isn't going to beat him either, but. If we're looking at three guys that aren't going to beat him, give me the one that's going to be the most interesting build. I think those two would be hilarious. I mean, you know, I don't want to go into the X-rated stuff that Tyson Fury was talking what about was in the ring. But those that? two would be fun together. We're not going to talk about what I just said. How big is your Corey? He said, I don't even Jeez. I never even <laughs> heard of We're not going to talk about it. But what does that so even mean? As I said, I've moving on. <laughs> as I said, moving Come on. on. <laughs> um, the, the, those two could play well off each other. It would be super interesting. But uh, having said all that, me being in that camp, I think it won't be a competitive fight is an interesting is – is a valid reason to not be interested in it. Now, every, there's a lot of people who would be, so don't poo-poo the, you know, on their fun. Don't, don't spoil their party. But I think that's a legit reason to not want to watch something is like I don't think this is a good fight. But to say that there's no reason for it to ha- – what are yeah. the odds? I saw someone that posted the odds – they're I pretty. Think, yeah, Tyson Fury like minus fifteen hundred. Yeah. Minus fifty. And, and what is and Francis, uh, like what is plus Francis? Seven fifty. Yeah, like plus seven fifty. You think he gets bigger or closer, GC? Closer to it if it happens. I don't know. I mean, how do you even bet Tyson Fury at that price? Like it's just so huge, right? Like you, you'd have to parlay him up or like whatever. I, I whatever would take rules Tyson they Fury decide to, on. 
You would take Tyson Fury? I would take Tyson Fury to the bank at minus 1,500. He should be minus 15,000. Wow. I mean, if it's strictly boxing, then yeah, he's going to win. I, w- <laughs> I mean, boxing this is the with, Mayweather-McGregor with... all over again. I'd take Floyd at minus 100,000. Well, I don't yeah. think there's a number I wouldn't take Floyd I th- against I think Conor the McGregor. one thing that makes this a touch more interesting than the, the Mayweather-McGregor is that Francis Ngannou does have the knockout power. He has that potential to land one punch, whereas McGregor has power, but not as much as Ngannou. So, like, crazy Fury's things happen. Fury's yeah. been dropped by Wilder? A few times. Yeah. A few Come times. on, guys. Come but on. Wilder is also <laughs> six, by the hardest hitting, the yeah. hardest hitting combat sports yeah. fighter Wait, wait a second. Time. Francis, uh, I heard his punches are like the equivalent uh, of yeah. uh, four to it, score. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. I'm not about to tell you that Francis Ngannou doesn't hit hard. Yeah. Deontay Wilder has the touch of death. Nobody has hit harder than, than that guy ever. Um, it honestly yeah, doesn't it, come down to, to power in this fight. It comes down to speed. It comes down to things that Andreas was talking about, the head movement and all that. To me, it's it's... Tyson's punching speed more so than his punching power versus Francis punching speed or maybe lack thereof. That's the real difference here. Like you saw that uppercut. That thing, like you had to slow it down just to watch it. It was it was a fantastic punch. The thing about Tyson Fury that makes him a terrible matchup for nearly every fighter on the planet at heavyweight. He's able to get much bigger and have a huge size advantage over guys like Usyk who who are coming up and not as big heavyweights. So he doesn't need to be super technical. He can just lean on him and, and take him out because he's so big and so powerful. And then against guys who are, you know, Joshua, who are more of technicians but also have power, um, or even Dillian White, for example, he's a better boxer. He's just a better boxer than those guys. So technically, he's better than the technicians. And in terms of power, he can crush the small guys. He's a very, very difficult fighter to figure out um and have the tools to fight against there's not many guys in history that have the resume or the skills that tyson fury has had like it's time to start talking about tyson fury as muhammad ali mike tyson best of all time if he's not already there um and yeah it's it's tough you can't find a guy so if that's if we're saying that if we're saying you can't find a guy who's really going to be a good matchup for tyson fury i'm okay with francis and being the one to get in there i'm perfectly fine with that i'm i would love to see it I would love to see it because I don't think there's a boxer alive that's really a match for him either. So why not? Why I'm actually really happy to hear you say this because I feel like you were going to take the other – I mean I'm, I've been looking for the Chris Rock, Will Smith interview. <laughs> it will uh, – now, I mean Will Has and Jada seem to be – Will and Jada seem yeah. to be – you know, Has it been you got, a week? You're so, what, you're so, what's the date now? You're so tied to the – has it been a week? We, we got a guarantee. I went back and believe I said me, you guarantee it and you said yes. Believe me that take will age well. Believe me. They will. They will be doing something. Yes, to, I, together I think in we all agree that their grievances will be put aside. But you said a week, so we're going to continue to harp on that. A it's week. it's I mean, been a month at this point. You're now. locked in on it. I mean, he said it. We went back to it. We asked for the guarantee. If I if I held you guys as accountable for the nonsense what? you talk, oh as God. you guys hold me, it's all on tape. Dude. Believe Bring me. It all back listen, up. I could come on here and give these like boring generic no, vanilla no, takes if you want. If if you just want more of the of the the boring stuff, believe me, I could I got it in no, I got no, it no, in listen, spades. Listen, I'll just... bring it out. By the way, but... you guys know who Kyle Brandt is? Yeah, the yeah, oh, super yeah. producer. No, is he a super producer? What does that mean? Yeah, or uh, didn't he used to produce? Now he's talent for yeah, uh, NFL, NFL, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I, this is this is example number one, exhibit A, as to why I shouldn't check Twitter in the middle of the show. He got? just announced. <laughs> he just announced that he's announcing the Bills draft pick this weekend. Shut up! His, Second round, uh, eighty nine. So I guess that's third. Oh, so you would have? You still would have been I, ahead of him. 
I know. Any regrets coming? Any regrets? Every single pick? He's like a fake Bills fan. He does it to like curry favor with him. He's a Bears guy. You set yourself up for this. Israel just wrote me. This could have been you. Yeah, it could have been. It could have been you. Actually, you could have done fifty-seven. I can't believe you didn't do it. You're a loser. Do we know who's doing fifty-seven yet? Well, it's Stevie Johnson. Are they doing one for every single? I don't know. Maybe maybe he couldn't do one. No, maybe he couldn't do day two, and now he's doing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably what happened. Mm. This this would have been the one. I got asked first, just for the record. I want everyone to know. I got asked first. When when, when your kids look back on it and it's on television, they're going to be like, "Oh, look at Kyle Bill." Guess what? Guess what? Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano, fight week. I needed to be here. All right, this is historic stuff. Actually, GC just gave me some breaking news at the beginning of the show. Frank, we get some breaking news. What did you say? Katie Taylor's the underdog. Katie Taylor's the underdog. <laughs> Katie Taylor's the underdog. Are we, getting, this... are we getting this right now with the breaking news that this is the Helwani dog of the week? Well, I was thinking about that. Here's the problem. You can't make a people... pick. Can't no, make a pick. I can make a pick. People crave Whoa, the, really? the Helwani dog of the week. Tell, how many weeks in a row have I gone the, the, the dog of the week? Uh, it's no, not no. weeks. Picks, though. Five picks, straight. Right. One week That's you went to. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about. You are you are involved in the fight. You are involved in. I'm in sitting down with them. Yes. Can I make a pick before I sit down with them? I don't think that's right. Yeah. The, so that's what I meant by you. Can't I can make, make a, a pick. pick by Friday. Well, you, you, you think my duties it's are done. Blasphemy that Amanda Serrano is the favorite. So I think it's clear. Listen, just do like the leading. Woj. I'm, just do like the Woj. What is like, the Woj? Just use like words that are like connected, yeah. targeting this and that. So you just say like. There's a there's a strong listen. Anyone who watches this show, I think, knows where I'm. You know, but like, I'm actually surprised. Um, plus one ten on draft. I'm not right surprised. And, plus one ten. Close... And what what is Amanda? Minus one thirty five. Wow. And you're going with Amanda. Uh, yep. I've already placed the bet. I, I'm Taylor. Frank is going with Amanda. Yes. Yep. Is it true that you've opened up a DraftKings account because you are so confident, Frank, in this pick? <laughs> yeah, it's just easy money. Wow. That's also breaking news. Frank? Thank you. I'm, 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 I'm on Taylor. So you can just use me as a proxy. You can use me as a vessel wow. for the, the delivery of this. I, I think I, think I love Taylor. this. Control room divided. The disrespect for the number one pound-for-pound pound fighter in women's boxing. Historic stuff, guys. You know what I was thinking? I was actually comparing this when I saw Liz Carmouche win the belt, yeah. controversial or not. Could get into that among the many things that happened in the last 10 days. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Rousey Carmouche, what we're seeing here. Obviously, this sure. isn't the first, but there's history involved and all this stuff. What makes it even more unique is that it is so incredibly rare in MMA and in boxing that number one fights number two. I know some people say she's number three. Even one versus three is incredibly rare. Like in MMA, yeah. I can only think of one time that it's happened in the last decade, and that's when John Jones fought DC. One versus Wait, really? two, pound for pound. Give me another time where oh, it was oh, one pound for pound. Pound yeah, for yeah, pound. one pound versus pound. two, pound for pound. Wow. That's what makes this so uh. incredibly rare. Like I was reading an article, according to ESPN Sports uh, Stats and Info Group, whatever it is, or what was it, Stats and Info, right? Stats and um, info. The last time in boxing that number one fought number two, pound for pound, was when um, Manny Pacquiao fought. I think it was Juan Manuel Marquez yeah. in two thousand eight. Yeah, 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 yeah. uh, but. But the thing with that was Floyd had just retired. He was number one. So it was almost like by default. Yeah, I mean, this that is, still matters because oh, to your point, that would have been two, three, you know, whatever that would yeah, have been. Yeah, but this is incredibly sold. rare stuff. For like, sure. Not only is it first main event involving females at, at yeah. uh, Madison Square Garden, and that's a big deal. Not only is it Katie fighting in New York, Amanda fighting, getting her first seven-figure payday, Jake Paul, Eddie Hearn, all that stuff. It's like legit 
uncommon territory for the sport of boxing and MMA, like combat sports. That number one yeah. is fighting number two. Yeah, like now, the, the best you could set up in the UFC right now, pound for pound, would be two versus six, Volk versus Holloway. Wow. And, and Holloway no, is what not about, like where, – Where's Oliveira? Oliveira's five. Yeah, so f- you could do Volk and Oliveira. Uh, yeah, I, guess and if, if Oliveira, I guess if Volk jumped up, then If yeah. Oliveira wins against Gaethje, conceivably he might – he might move up that too. So yeah, sure. Volk, right, Volk yeah. versus if Volk Oliveira. Moves up, then yeah, that's the better one you could do. Yeah, but that Again, still would be one versus yeah, two. Still, two versus five. Yeah, two versus five. Or one. Ver- I mean, uh, it, it clearly feels special. I'll say obviously the the talent pools are lesser on the women's boxing side, right? Like it's it's more shallow. There's less contenders for them to kind of churn through. So like if you're Canelo, other guys, like yeah, you move up, but you've also got a bunch of fights in your division to establish yourself. There's less. There's just less contenders um, in the women's ranks. But yeah, this is a very rare fight. This is a historic fight for I'm sure. I'm legit pumped. It's it's great. No, I'm hyped. That and video that you posted this morning that was good. Got right? me hyped. I yeah. mean, got me even hyped. if like I think this kind of gets lost, especially modern, and I, and I've fallen victim to this a lot of times as well. Like, who cares about the rankings? Like, who cares? This is a great fight. Like, this is an awesome freaking fight. I don't care if they were. 15 and 30 like this fight is awesome um and because they're so good that's what makes it awesome and we don't get fights like this um i'm ex- i'm excited about this also in boxing or mma this is awesome also found out today shout out to dan canopio who reported first so there's cheeto vera versus rob fawn on saturday which is a yeah. great fight an important fight getting overshadowed once again proving by the way and we saw some of this this weekend 135 i said this back in december 135 in the in the combat sports world is the best weight right now. The yeah. UFC's 135-pound division is on fire. This is a fight at 135. Jan, Sterling, all that stuff that just happened. Aldo, Dillashaw. Bellator's 135 is tremendous. Uh, Stotts winning the interim belt. Pettis doing his thing. Patchy Mix beating Kyoji Haraguchi. What about Mr. Sabatello with the promo of all promos? Please remind me of that promo on Friday. He was freaking amazing. He was... <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna win this. That guy sucks, and I'm great. I don't know. I don't remember what he said, but it was freaking amazing. What he, yeah, said. he dropped like six f bombs yeah. during it too. I think they were counting them. If they could do Sabatello versus Stotts at some point, tremendous stuff. Yeah. And then you have uh, in 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 uh, in men's boxing, Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez fighting. But you also have Katie and and uh, and Amanda. So basically, seven to ten is the main card for ESPN. Ten fifteen is the ring walk for Taylor Serrano. Main card for Stevenson starts at 10. None of this is going to coincide. What a night on Saturday. Awesome night. And you know what? I maybe spoke too soon. Valdez and Stevenson is a fight just like that. Like that is a that is a top, top of the of the tier pound for pound it's a great time. fight. That is that is a sick fight, uh, Stevenson and Valdez. Okay, let's recap some of your bets. You've had a lot of action. I mean, you, you already broke the biggest thing. Uh, the five underdog picks in a row, Hawani lost. Oh, yeah, that's you. That's you, man. I mean, you got the people hungry for another for an underdog. I took the weekend right? off. I was a little bit, you know, understandably off the so. Grid. I mean, it, I think people got to understand it's not necessarily. I know it's the underdog of the week, but it's not necessarily a weekly thing. Yeah, you can't. Just... You know, it's if if you like the dog, you take it. But man, I get a lot of messages asking for him. So, uh, by the way, I, just, I I think I just found my dog of the week. Katie no, Taylor. Yeah, no, 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 no. Marlon Vera plus Taylor. 120. Yeah. I mean, that number's dropping fast, too. All right. Well, we'll get to that. Anyhow, how are we looking? How are we looking? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, a lot of picks. We're, we're not going to waste too much time on these. Let's, uh, let's go with the recap of the, of the first week here. Uh, 
week number one. This was UFC Vegas 51. You know, it's hard to even remember who fought. It was uh, the Bilal card. It was it was that long ago. Yes. Uh, 277, obviously AJ McKee. Who else fought? We had a boxing match, Earl Spence, all that. Either way, we uh, we lose 1.82 units there. I'm not even going to go through everything for the sake of time here. We do that. PFL week one. That happened. Yes. We go three and one. Haush Manfio. That's the underdog guy. king. I mean, my guy. We, we shouted him out on the show. PFL, you know, went and ran they with love it. The clip. I mean, five straight fights now. He's cashed as an underdog. It's, it's unbelievable stuff. I'll admit he was probably getting beat up until that point, but that knockout was huge. So we got that. Uh, lose the parlay, unfortunately. Finish up 0.14 there. Bounce back, though. A nice little weekend here. Uh, Bellator 278, 279, UFC Vegas 52, Tyson Fury, all that mixed together. Six and two on singles. Unfortunately, lose some on the parlays. Finish up 1.84 to give us the grand total for spring break, the MMA hour spring break. 11 and six on singles. Misplayed it. Misplayed some of these, you know, the heavier ones. Uh, I went too heavy on like the heavy favorites. So we end up losing 0.21 up just barely on the parlays. Basically broke even. Finish up 0.16. 16.95 uh, on 2022 now, 28.81. So we bet, what, 17 plus 12, 29 bets, and we basically, we basically broke even. Wow, after all that, 29 yeah, bets. A lot of sweating, a lot of nervousness. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, there was a lot of events, man. Three Bellator cards, two UFC, on. two boxing. Uh, there was a lot going on. But on top of this, on top of all of this, yes, my crowning achievement from everything I'm now wow. a blue belt on verdict. Wow. We have it right here. Wait, they actually sent you one? I mean, look at this. Now I got it myself. Oh, I don't okay. want to wash it out. The blue belt on verdict. We're going to go ahead and wrap this around here. How do you get that? I mean, we're just moving our way up. I mean, when you're a blue belt, you, you people get, know. Yeah, you, yeah. You get a blue belt. All right, here it is. Yeah, I know it's not your black one up there, no, but no. Uh, yeah, we, we'll wow, put it around you. the waist. We'll just put it around. Just yeah. Just it right That's here. That's right. So. Yep. Just like Hamza. Just like Hamza, baby. Purple up next. Then we'll really be like Hamza. There we go. Verdict. Shout wow. out to Verdict. But what do you have to do to get that? Be an expert picker, man. Oh, we're, that, we're moving on up. Okay, we're picking wow. fights. We're scoring fights. Yeah, they made this great. Uh, Look at you. Yeah. I mean. Congratulations. Good, Mazel tov. Yeah, we'll hang it up. Yeah, Mazel tov. Everything will hang it up right there. And it'll be our motivation to get the purple belt. And just keep picking these fights, you know? I love it. So, yeah, um, shout out to Verdict. Well done. Who knew that we were going to get a uh, belt ceremony here on the program? Usually, you got to whip the well, guy. A lot of people know. Right? I tweeted about it. Well, I didn't know we're verdict the, tweeted about it. I didn't know it. we're going to get the ceremony. That's all. I mean, look at this picture verdict made for us here. I mean, that was great. This was uh, an artist's rendition here. If we can get it up on the screen, there it is. <laughs> Shout out to verdict. <laughs> uh, any uh, DraftKings? Uh, let's start with the big hitter because okay. we had some crazy stuff this weekend. The big hitter. Of the week, he actually made it into the Hall of Fame. Shea, at Shea Handicap. And you want to talk about ridiculous here. Three bets on Mike Jackson, and then he also parlayed Mike Jackson with Cyborg, which is the most ridiculous thing ever, a plus 700 and a minus 1,000. (laughs) What? And this dude put crazy money on it. One bet, fifteen thousand dollars to win one hundred twenty to return one hundred twenty thousand. Another one, eighteen and a half thousand to return two hundred forty six thousand. Another one, twenty two thousand to return one hundred seventy six thousand. And then the parlay, fifteen thousand to win one hundred thirty two thousand. In total, because of Mike Jackson, he profits six hundred four thousand one hundred sixty six dollars. 
Can we talk about this Mike Jackson thing for a Can second? Can we talk about this? I mean, and this guy winning six hundred four thousand off of that. Golly, God bless you. That was one of the weirdest things, especially coupled with the fact that it happened right after the Tyson Fury fight. So you go from ninety four thousand, that whole scene, Francis yes. in the ring, and it's like, let's go over to the apex now, where Dean Barry is fighting Mike Jackson. Wow, Mike Jackson! I can't believe Mike <laughs> Jackson is still in the UFC. And I'm not saying this in a bad way. I honestly feel like he doesn't believe that he's still in the UFC. Mike Jackson was brought yes. in as the who, opponent. Who was his last fight? CM Punk? Yes. Years ago? Four years 2018, ago? 2018, Mike Jackson was brought in as the opponent for Mickey Gall in this tournament to see who would fight CM Punk. He loses. Gall gets Punk like two years later by the time the fight happens. And uh, all of a sudden, he's still in the UFC. And then two years after that... Punk gets one one more fight in the UFC in Chicago against Mike Jackson. Jackson wins that fight. Dana White goes to the press conference after. This is 2018 now, almost four years ago. Dana goes to the press conference like, that guy's an idiot. That was yes. one of the worst fights. Craps all over him. Then, like three years later, we find out that he tested positive for marijuana and it gets overturned. <laughs> and somehow he's still in the UFC. And I get the feeling like no one really likes him. Like, were you I, watching I that fight? Yeah, I can't imagine that. Felder it's like, clearly doesn't like him. He was like borderline. Well, DC accusing. also. DC is like, there is no way. There is absolutely no way that they will make this a win for Mike Jackson. And then they're like, a win for Mike Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and that was, I mean, that was the right call because we saw a couple of those, you know, questionable, no contests. I mean, this whole game of deciding, is it intentional, not intentional. No, you throw a strike, it's intentional. I'm sorry. You threw the damn thing, all right? You you threw it with a purpose. It's a DQ. So good on them for actually getting that right. But the fact that Mike Jackson is now on a winning streak in the UFC and they can't get rid of him because he has two fights left, they can't cut him off a win. They can't get rid of this guy. It's one of the funniest stories that I've ever seen. And he makes yeah. everyone uncomfortable. Like I feel like they don't want him at the press conference. They don't want him talking. Everyone wants him gone, and they can't get rid of him. He has outlasted CM Punk. He's on a bigger winning streak than Mickey Gall, who's coming off a knockout loss. It's one of the most – it's like the uh, improbable stories in the history of the UFC that this guy – and you know well, what yeah, the fight like, is I want to see next? Mike Jackson fact- versus Casey Lydon. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a I was just fight. about to say I was about to say the fact that you are matchmaking for Mike Jackson right now and you're actually <laughs> yes. excited about it. yes let's set that up Casey Lydon versus Mike Jackson so I, think I can Casey hammer wins 30 Casey. to 27 yes let me 30 25, 30, 25? Uh, I mean the groundwork will just be too much that would be incredible yes I mean also, just like how vocal Mike Jackson was, like during, like when he was grounded, like oh, it was great. He's like, talking to him, yeah, like, and then, the, and then the ref goes over to him, and he's like, "I think it was Chris Tonioni." He's like, "I just want to let you know, I gave him a strong warning." The guy's yes, in the, in, yeah. in, on the ground. <laughs> His freaking, you know, family jewels are throbbing. He's like, "I want, oh yeah, okay, thanks for the the strong warning there, ref. Really appreciate it." He's talking. Felder's saying, "If he's talking, he can fight." Right. And then Barry said he faked it, and then he deleted his Twitter last night. Dean Barry deleted his Twitter. Yes, because of the back and forth. They have a whole back and forth, and then he deleted his Twitter. Bad scene for Dean Barry. Yeah, I saw the video of him being like, oh, man, he opened his eye right afterward, yada, yada, all that. I mean, there's no – like, who do you think they can actually give Mike Jackson? I kind of feel like you run it back. 
I think that's the best move. I think <laughs> there's, a, there's an actual like Barry's I mean, a good striker. Getting, right, like he was getting yes, <laughs> he was getting beat like handily. So like that's funny. what I love. Like everyone hitting me up with these tickets, they're like, I knew that was an easy winner. Like I'm just like, no, nah, you didn't yeah. know nothing. What was he? What was he like a plus fifteen hundred or something crazy? No, nah, plus seven hundred. That's 700. What these, that's what this guy took him at that that profited so much. I mean, crazy stuff. I mean, it's hilarious, and the fact that this guy won over a half a million dollars off of that. I mean, it's it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. So shout out to Shea. Shea handicapping now finds himself in the uh, Big Hitters Hall of Fame. God bless. Uh, a couple more ridiculous ones here. The uh, the honorable mentions. Let's let's throw them up here and run through them really quick. I mean, these are crazy. Andrew Moog gets Tyson Fury to win in round six plus eleven hundred. Threw a hundred dollars on that. He must have been going crazy as the as time was expiring there. Uh, Jessica Napick. She took. There would be exactly four submissions on the main card of this UFC fight wow. night. How do they get pl- this? At plus eight thousand, five dollars to win four hundred. Now you say, how do they get this? Timothy Troiano took Claudio Poyez by knee bar, exactly by knee bar. What at uh, plus five thousand? I have Come the on. I have the winning thing wrong down there. I forgot to update it, but yes, threw ten dollars on that. Plus five. Next, you're going to say someone chose uh, someone picked uh, Jessica Andrade via standing arm triangle. <laughs> I did not next? know. You, <laughs> I wish I did not know that you could take like exact submission types. But yeah, Timothy Troiano plus five thousand ten to win five hundred ten. That or is to return crazy. I mean, absolutely. That was a sick a knee bar. Good for him. Oh my god, sick! That transition, how fast he did it. Yeah. So, I mean, this has got to be like the the most wild big hitter segment we'd have. Like maybe not like. The biggest, but like four exactly four submissions. The Poyas by Nibar. I mean, it's just crazy. So, shout out to everyone there. And then let's get into some DraftKings action here. Ozzy uh, Ruiz, uh, he wins the Exec League. <laughs> yeah, it's a real blurry picture, but that's uh, I think that's him right there. <laughs> and then me with him. Yeah, so, yeah, thank yeah, you. we're just enjoying a game. Where is that? Is that Yankee Stadium? I think it's Dodger Stadium. He looked All like right. a uh, West Coaster. So, yeah. All right. Him, me. Shout yeah. out to him. Uh, and then we got a video of a, from a, a longtime fan of the show. You uh, you saw him on Twitter here. Oh. My man Kyle. You're in that picture. There oh, you yeah. are. There Kyle I am. Grant. That's right. Well, that's more of a picture, not a video, right? I thought we were getting a video. Oh, sorry. No, no, but it is animation. Yeah, that's me and Kyle Grant. How about that? How about that, man? Shout out to him for winning the draft. In Vegas. Like... He won. How much did he, he win? He won. Uh, I think a few hundred. Good for him. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So everyone's a winner. Everyone's a winner. That's all. That's all I got for you. That's all we got. I want to ask you guys. Congratulations to everyone, by the way, and thank you to DraftKings. I'm going to run down all the. Uh, wait, no, where'd they go? My friends are gone. Uh, they're still here. Oh, okay. Um, we could bring them back on the uh, on the screen, unless Eric left. Did he leave? Is yeah, he he's gone. The- I was sick of your. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out all the notable things that have happened since we last. Spoke. Can I just can, can we go back to somebody betting? What was it? I'm sorry. Give me the number that that person bet on a parlay of Mike Jackson and Chris Ibor. I mean, let's just get like. Well, he put fifteen thousand dollars on that. Can we also just appreciate the fact that he parlayed a plus seven hundred and a I'm, minus one thousand? I'm like that's crazy stuff. I'm like. I'm like reeling. I'm reeling. Well, then he also right took now. a single fifteen thousand, another one eighteen and a half thousand, another one twenty two thousand. So he had uh what is that? Fifty six fifty five thousand dollars invested into Mike Jackson. 
I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> By the way, it's great that we have a social media expert here. Is Elon Musk buying Twitter a big deal? It's already it's done. done. Oh, it's done. Is it a big you deal? Were in there. Yeah, it's yeah. a big deal. Um, well, I, I'd like you know you know when on CNN when they bring in like the expert person to talk about something. Yeah. How lucky are we that we have a what is your I mean, title how good, again? How good? Your, uh, what's your title? Social media director. I'm yeah, here. yeah. I'm we here. have an act. Uh, and now, uh, Frank, can we get some breaking news. Sure. You're not supposed to say sure. You're supposed to. <laughs> Doesn't have the same effect. Uh, Elon Musk has bought Twitter. Is that is that the deal legit? is in place? The deal is in place. Okay, sorry, screwed that um, up. What's what's the uh, the takeaway from this? Yeah, it's. I mean, if you've been following this story or him, haven't really. I've been the, on spring break. <laughs> his his platform is basically to take Twitter as a private company and open it up to um, le- less uh, oversight, less restriction, more oh, great. free speech. Oh, wonderful! So, so more that of a is, That is the future. Yes, I, I mean your your interpretation. Sure, um, there are others who would say you know it's going to turn into one big YouTube channel. Yeah, it's possible. But yes, the impact will be based on based on what he has been broadcasting so far. The impact will be lesser restrictions on speech and more um, open. Okay, but do you think he can like post his private jet locations? Oh God! Fine? I okay. think that was a question to you. Yeah, right. I can't. I can't hear it. Oh, you can't hear Frank. Frank I'm in the Frank. same room as you. <laughs> yeah, like but it wasn't loud away. enough. Did you hear what he said? Yeah. <laughs> what he said? I'm not gonna repeat it though. <laughs> oh, so then you didn't hear what he said. <laughs> just moving on. He asked, "What was it?" In any event, is this good or bad? I mean, it depends on who you ask. I'm but asking you. Is it? Yeah. I mean, is it good for who? For me? Is it good for the the platform? That's, is it that's good for... an impossible question to ask. Is it good? Is and is any is like this a monumental this shift a pl- in the world good or bad? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? You're yeah. this is where you live. <laughs> this, is the, this is the worst. You, as one I don't the, know. As one of the best interviewers in the entire world, I, and I will this give is a you, very I will give simple you that respect. question. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> is shifting the entire direction of one of the most powerful <laughs> social media platforms in the world good or bad? Yes. As I, one of the best, I interviewers actually don't know how to feel. Time, I I think this is your worst question ever. No, I think it's possible that this is your worst question ever. Listen. They say that the best questions are the most simple ones. Who, what, where, why, when, how, all that stuff, right? If you uh, – okay, I will, I will qualify the answer. If you are somebody who wants anything and everything to be said on social media and don't want anything to be restricted and want um, there to be no, no bumpers on the you're bowling happy. alley, you're happy. If you're somebody who cares about – um, now, again, this is based on what he's been saying. We don't know what in action will happen once he takes Twitter private and, and it becomes his company to run um, and who will be on the board and all those different things. If you are somebody who wants increased censorship on things like hate speech and this and that and to you know be um, more proactive in their approaches, which has been something that Twitter has been trying to take and people have been calling for Twitter and other social platforms to do, this may be moving backward. Again, we don't know until it, it takes – uh, course and takes action um but yeah for you somebody who's like get these people out of my out of my damn replies and DMs, no i would never say it's so. probably uh, it's probably about? not going to be great <laughs> i love twitter what are you talking about twitter has been good to me <laughs> yeah. now you've up. blocked half the entire user I'm not base a big, yeah the only time i block Muted people blocked. no 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 the only time i block people is when they reply when i post the lineup for the show and include if you're including the person in the right. week lineup tweet i'm blocking you 
No, yeah. if I don't care if it's my mom, my sister, my wife. Wow, I no, don't care. Fina, Fina would never. No, she on. wouldn't. But the no, point is, it's just Saint, an incredibly Saint rude Saint thing to do. It's, inc- um, it's just. I rude. agree with you, but yeah, I mean, look, I'm joking to an extent, although you know you've had better days. Uh, wow, okay. is it a good or bad? Is it good or bad? Is like I don't know. We have to, we really have to see. Like actually. Just nine minutes ago, he posted a statement. Free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy, and Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. I also want to make Twitter better than ever by enhancing the product with new features, making the algorithms open source to increase trust, defeating the spam bots, and authenticating all humans. So he wants it to be actual people as opposed to bots That's a good um, thing. with free speech. Twitter has tremendous potential. I look forward to working with the company and the community of users to unlock it. So a little bit of a step back from like anybody can say anything. He wants you to be accountable. He wants you based on what he's saying here. He wants it to be people known, like not just bots, like people who are saying these things, but free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy is a potential. Actually, there's one other line that you missed. And one of my first acts of business is promoting all effort Friday tweets. <laughs> I, can we get breaking news on that? The Friday is going to be is going to be the the new. But um, yeah, I Frank mean, only it, responds when I tell him the, to do the breaking news. The impact yeah, to social media like. will be very significant. Whether, whether you fall on one side or the other, this is this is big. Like Twitter going private, Twitter being um, purchased by a man and a company um, who has. Uh, Done, has had a very successful company with Tesla previously and and um, others and trying to launch rockets with SpaceX. Um, it is going to be significant. There's going to be an impact. Now, whether it's favorable for you or your neighbor or whoever else, you know, depends on where you fall on the issues. But, um, yeah, this is big. This is a very big thing in the social space and probably wider. Like everybody uses yeah, it. Yeah. Um, speaking all right. of uh, speaking oh. of Twitter, uh, some additional breaking news here. If I can get my screen up on there, oh. uh, our boy Danny Sabatello. Oh yeah, he's actually created a Twitter. They said he should create a Twitter. Oh, I mean, maybe there it is right there. Uh, wow, look at this. He's at on Shock Twitter. This world. He just tweeted this out. Yeah, thought long and hard about my first tweet. Here it is. Higo sucks. Uh, his bio. Not even gonna, not even going to bother reading his bio. I can't see it. Yeah, it's, I can't uh, read it. It's free yeah. speech, let's just free say. Free speech, yeah. It's just F-U. Oh, it says F-U in the bio? Yeah. What a guy. Long form, though. This guy's yeah. the best. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Danny Sabatello. I just had a... Oh, I love we're, this. As we're that, on the subject I of mean, Twitter, that is out, that is worthy of breaking news, Frank. Sabatello's the man. Uh, oh, I see it here. His ad is shocked this world. <laughs> That was such a great promo. Yeah. I mean, a must follow in my opinion. So shout out to... Uh, you know what's so funny about it? The way he was standing. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I got, I got the thing up here. Wait, wait. I got to play this. I got to play this. An undefeated fighter. Talk to me about how you feel. Yeah, I feel fucking great. It was a really good fucking performance by me. Sorry for swearing about that. Fuck that. But Jornel Lugo's an absolute stud. And for me to do that to a guy like him, I could be any fucking body. And now Leandro Higo is next. This is the best it's part. A perfect fucking matchup, me and him. Because you look at him, he fucking sucks. You look at me, and I'm really good. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. The best part is he doesn't say, and I'm the F, I'm just really yeah, good. He's he just F really it good. sucks, but I'm yeah. really good. Golly, he sounds exactly like Joe Pesci. 
Yeah, the accent. I think without the accent, I don't. I don't know if it gets there. Like I feel like the accent is is part and parcel is, is the essential hair to it. Too is phenomenal. Everything about it. the the tan, the look. I mean, it's amazing. And then Stotts came uh, came by on Saturday, and he was on fire too. Okay, so these are all the things that happened since we last spoke. So we spoke about Francis, AJ McKee. To, I mean, totally. I have to say, I thought he lost. Just for the record, I thought yeah. he lost. I th- I thought Pitbull won. And you can't talk like that. And even even if you win via decision, a 48-47, it's like – now, he's not a free agent, by the way. There's still a couple of fights left. But A.J. McKee loses, so he's no longer undefeated. Now Pitbull's the champ, and it looks like his days of fighting at 145 was, yeah, are done. He's done with 145. Can we, can we, can we get the, the details on a couple of fights left? Was it – he was talking about champion's clause. Is it that he gets three fights added, and now he has two fights left, yeah. essentially? Okay. Yeah. Got it. But he's going to go at 50. I mean, I guess he could go up to 55 and fight the brother. But, I mean, it just feels like some of the luster is gone now. Yeah, but it's he, definitely it, gone. Yeah, it is. But he's Bellator got, was real mad at me after that interview. He, I mean, it's like, I didn't say af- that stuff. He said it. What are you getting mad at me for? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to nice. open that can of worms. But uh, he's got two fights, and then he's and then he's figuring out his his future. He'll be fine. People lose. I, I don't think that hurts him too much. It's a minor it blip. Too much. You can't talk about a million dollars and lose the next fight. Nah, eh, he got a million dollars already. He should nope. be worth a million dollars. It's just a, it's just a, it's what hard. It's hard, it's hard to negotiate. Just talk way. about smoking Alexander Volkanovsky and look right, like that. That right. is what you can't do. You can't t- talk about not impressed by Alexander Volkanovsky, who's been smoking top competition and beat Max Holloway twice, and then go out and put on that stinker. That's go what you out, can't do. put on that stinker, and then say you're done at 145. Yeah, yeah, it's but, tough. But I think it's fine. It's he, a tough he'll look, get dude. he'll get another fight against one of the Pitbull brothers. He'll make his money like. He's he's worth it. He's still. I'm not the, saying he's not worth the, it. It was just a tough, you know, seventy two hours. No yes, yes. He is one of the top prospects in the sport, regardless. I agree with of that. course. I mean, no again, doubt. as Andreas said, Makhachev once got knocked out. Yeah, People think Tebow. I'm not saying he's done. I was just saying it was a tough stretch for him. Yeah, I and agree. I also thought he lost. He, by the way. he didn't back up the talk. He lo- he clearly lost. He lost that fight. And as you said, even if he didn't lose, that wasn't the performance you needed. Um, but I don't think it hurts him too bad. I think it's really like at Bellator in, in, in Bellator, how far are you away from a title shot at any given point? Like the dude the dude could walk into the next division and fight for the title. Like he'll he'll by next fight, I, I I predict by next fight, and now we can talk about the timeline and this and that, and you can hold me to when when how no. however long I said it. By his next fight, um people will be forgetting about this. He'll come out, he'll look great, and people will forget that this even happened. And then they'll be talking about, oh boy, he's got one fight left till he's a free agent. Well, we don't know if they're going to run it back. If they'll ever run it back, we do know that they're probably going to run back uh, Vadim Nemkov and Corey Anderson. That ended unceremoniously. Uh, tough spot for Anderson. He was up. He alerts the ref of the uh, the clash. He's sitting back, calling himself the best light heavyweight in the world. Had he won, he could make that claim. I don't know if you – I mean there were still two rounds left. There were two rounds left and every judge – because like Bellator PR tweets out the scorecards. Every judge had it 19-19 going into the second. You have to assume Anderson was going to win that round. So he's up what, 29-28 going into the fourth round? Like that's – you're not a a lock to win. Yeah, Yeah. Like you don't know what was going to happen in the fourth round or the fifth. I'm not buying all the – you know, you all know that I'm the best and I like – Everyone said – and Corey Anderson was just like cruising to a win when he was was in a 29-28 – Right. It was a good performance, but it wasn't a done deal. 
I, that's that's what I think. I'm I'm with both of you on that, but I will say what tends to happen is Corey Anderson gets removed from the conversation because he's not in the UFC. What tends to happen is like he's over there in the B leagues, he's not beating anybody. Truth be told, Corey Anderson could compete with these guys in the UFC, has competed with these guys in the UFC, and I think that's more the takeaway and what he's. Oh, he's in that conversation. He beat Glover. Yeah, yeah. Four years ago, and, and but I he think still beat that's him. That's the important takeaway, as opposed to like, is he the best in the world? That fight didn't show me that. Like, that wasn't the one that would have told me. But I don't think any one fight is going to. But I think he belongs in that conversation, and he and he needs to keep reminding people because what will inevitably happen is he's not in the UFC, he's not in that in that weekly grind, he's not in people's radars every week. He's gone. He's he might as well be gone. And this was him showing, like, look, I am in this conversation. Yeah, that's fair. It's not a horrible thing for Bellator because now you have the rematch that wasn't a. Uh sure thing yeah. for the next fight i mean it sucks to not like those dudes were competing for a million dollars and now they're delayed they on that the that check sucks. In. That, that was sucks yeah that does suck that um, does suck what about carmouche beating velasquez twitter seemed to think that it was a bad stoppage and then i yeah. tweeted that i didn't love it and then i got blasted for it. what do you think dc <laughs> i don't know i like i think you can make the argument that it didn't necessarily need to be stopped but then a lot of people are coming in saying she had no defense. It was a bunch of elbows to the face. But then in that one, like, you look at the judges' scorecards, like Velasquez, on two of the judges' scorecards, she was already at 30-27. So, like, it feels more regretful that they stopped it. Like, it wasn't like Carmouche was just, like, dominating. She was losing the fight pretty handily. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't think they should have stopped it right there. You're always told that you shouldn't look at the clock. So you see some people saying, oh, there was 10 right. seconds left. It yeah, doesn't matter yeah. if I there's 10, yeah. four minutes. Uh, New York Rick actually loved the stoppage. I don't love the stoppage. You told me you loved I, it. No, I didn't love it. No, I did not tell you that. So don't don't lie. <laughs> what I told you is I'm perfectly fine with it. Right. No yeah, issue with it. Fine, I, no, that's not I don't think that's it. a bad take. Like being okay. Like she was getting elbows this, dropped onto her face. This, like repetitively. I, I think it's a fundamental thing more so than this particular case, which is – Every time there's a late stoppage, the Twitter the Twitter people come right. out in droves to say fighter safety should protect them, yada, yada, yada. This is the other side of that coin and what you have to live with if you're on that side of the fence. Not There is no such thing as every, every ref is going to have the perfect stoppage at the perfect time every single time. If we are going to continue to talk about fighter safety, brain health, yada, yada, and so on and so forth – then you have to live with stoppages like this at times where they're, they may be a little bit early, but they're in a bad position um, and not and not be up in arms about it. It's OK to say, hey, I didn't agree with that stoppage. Let's try and run it back. Perfectly fine with that. But if we're all going to fall on the side of fighter safety, can't believe how late that stoppage was. This is the preferable outcome. It's better to stop it early than it is to stop it late if you're on that side of the of the discussion. So enough. I've had enough of this. Like this is egregious. Like it was fine. Okay, if if they didn't agree. Okay, if the promotion wants to run it back, but this was not like this isn't getting me up in arms. It's really not. That's fair. Um, Cyborg won the next night again. You know, it was a fine fight. Uh, to me, Chris Cyborg and Kayla Harrison are the two most interesting fight. Like they are the most interesting fight for each other, and they're both fighting a bunch of people that no one wants them to see fight against, and they're all just sort of their fights. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Arlene Blanca, but there was no desire to see that fight again. Mm -hmm. And it's just like it's just like we're running on this treadmill right. here. It was, it was a kind of fun fight to watch, and it was just domination by side. You even like even you know there was the knee situation that made things a little bit interesting, but it felt like a done deal before the fight even started. 
It was closer than the first fight, but I, I, th- I think it's fair to say that Arlene Blanco put on a better performance than most people expected her to. But it still wasn't a, a thrilling fight, and it still wasn't a fight that anybody was clamoring for. But I thought she gave a, a great account of herself. She looked good. There were times where she was. Um, I'm just tired of these, fu- these like. But we did, did. We need to see a rematch. We didn't. No. And and the truth is that's what's left for Cyborg right now. Like it's Cat Singano or nothing. Oh well, I'm in in her promotion. Like you know. Yeah, but she's a free agent in the in the summer. Let's Look, go PFL. You know PFL keeps talking about doing a co-pro. Why not just sign her out? Right? Yeah. yeah. Why would Bellator sign her to do a co-promotion with you? Either she's signing with Bellator. Wait, so just... when is she up? How many fights does she have left? No, it's it's a term thing with her. Oh, interesting. And when? Summer. Summer. Ooh. That could have been her last fight. If PFL and, comes strong, that could be her last well, fight. Peter Murray was on here talking about yeah, I know one-off fights, like uh, fight night events that were not necessarily part of a season and yeah, things like that. Let's go. I mean, that, by the way, that makes all the we sense saw a great world. situation with Yancey Medeiros this past weekend. No. Um, where he signed a one fight deal because it made sense for him to fight in Hawaii. Why like why can't that be the norm? Just sign a one fight deal. Have Cyborg sign a one fight deal in PFL. Now if she wins, there you, could be something that like kicks in because you don't want her to walk away off a win. Maybe then you do the immediate rematch cost something. But we need to get into this yeah. flow of these if, one fight or two fight deals. If you're PFL, are you signing a one fight deal for Cyborg to potentially come in, take your belt, and then walk away? I'm I don't signing know about a that. one fight with an immediate rematch. Why not? You're doing pay per view. I don't love it. You're doing pay per view. I don't love it. You're doing pay per view. What else are you going to do on pay per view? Yeah, I mean, clearly they think they have something else on pay per view. Clearly oh, they, they're already banking yeah. on it. But yeah, I don't, I don't know about the idea of signing signing a one fight deal. I don't, I don't know about that. For the fighter, great. If you want to be LeBron James and you're just like, hey, I choose where I go every single time, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think it would be great, advantageous for the fighter. I don't love that if you're the promotion. It just doesn't make sense. Why would I, why would I let Cyborg potentially come no, in and there's walk gotta away be, with my No, there's got to be a plus one. Do it, wins twice and walks away with my belt. Not yeah, great. Listen, not great. You roll the dice. Do you believe in your fighter or not? Well, now, okay, but isn't Cyborg your fighter too? Does that become – No, you do you believe Cyborg... in the face of your promotion? You're bringing her in to make this super fight. Mm, that, uh, that, Listen, that feels too much of Eddie Hearn is me. doing a deal with Most Valuable. He's got Katie Taylor. They're in it That's together. Boxing. It's different. I'm just saying we need to start learning from boxing Each fight a is bit. a one fight. Each fight is a I one like fight. I like that. No, That's what the I'm promotions, saying. The promotions don't exist like that. I can't see it. Jessica Andrade with the standing arm triangle, pretty damn impressive. Tyson Pedro coming back. After like four years away with an impressive win, Canada with a big night at the Apex. <laughs> Marc-André Barriot and Charles Jourdain, who will be on the program on Wednesday, have no fear. Uh, that was impressive stuff. Uh, Claudio Pueyes with the knee bar, impressive. Uh, Robert Whitaker out of the Marvin Vittori fight, unfortunately, in June. That was a bit of a bummer. Can, um, can we pause here for one yeah, second? Yeah, please. This is why I want you to pause anytime. Something. Marvin Vittori. Yeah. Can we talk about this guy? He gets a lot of hate. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's a, he's a little bit abrasive. He had the shorts on backwards. There's there's reasons he he, does, he refuses to Why accept to that Israel that? Adesanya beat him twice. There's reasons for people to to have things to say about Marvin Vittori. One thing you will never say about Marvin Vittori: that dude is as game as they freaking come. I that agree. dude does not care who's in front of him. Any given week, will fight anybody. Has had a string of bad luck of opponents just like dropping out completely. Marvin Vittori is a legit fighter, like born fighter in his blood. That dude deserves a lot of credit for the I agree. way he operates. I agree. That dude 100%. deserves a lot of credit for the way he operates. I agree. Respect. Now he's stuck in a weird spot. I don't know who he's going to fight. I mean, that was the fight. 
that was the fight. And for him, it's like that was the fight that would get him back toward a title I kind of wish it was it's Strickland tough. versus Vittori. That fight made sense. But I, I – man, the Strickland, the Strickland um, uh, Perea yeah. fight makes a lot of sense. I'm actually surprised they booked that fight. No, I can't wait Which for one? it. It's a, it's a big jump from what Perea no, has been doing. That makes the perfect sense. It's the perfect style matchup for him to get a title shot. Sure. Oh, it's the perfect fight if you're trying to kill off Strickland. Yeah, well, I, well, I think trying to, maybe I mean I don't know if they're trying to kill off Strickland, but I think they're trying to springboard. Yes. Yeah, Pereira. Yeah. Well, maybe they're like, eh, we can't be having Sean Strickland fighting for a belt with the crazy stuff that he says. Oh come on, they don't care about that. Yeah, they don't care. They, they don't care us. about that. Stop that. And now Twitter is open to the world. Yeah. Uh, Mohammed Mohayev has his next fight. Charles Johnson, July twenty third. Uh, keep an eye on that date. Potentially the return to the UK. Although that was really interesting. Mm. What uh, Dan Hardy said. Um, about uh, Liverpool. Bilal Muhammad with the big win, calling out Colby. Did Bilal fumble in the post-fight call-out? I didn't think it was so bad. People were like, oh, you should have called out Hamza. What? Yeah, oh. I saw him get a lot of hate for that. No. No? All right. I don't think it really matters. Yeah, that That's it. I think he's going to get who he's going to get. I actually can see a scenario where they try to do Hamza versus Colby. Colby says no, and then they do Hamza versus Bilal. So then did he fumble if he gets the fight anyway? No, no, no. Come on. Stop, stop this. Colby, um, Colby is fine. Every, everybody call out Colby. It doesn't matter. Uh, Mike Tyson punched a guy in an airplane <laughs> for being annoying. Uh, Michael Bisping I mean, Jake more Paul- than being annoying. Wait, wait, wait. Come yeah, on. okay, sorry. Let's not move he was past being that so quickly. He was, he was, harass- he was yeah. harassing him. Oh, it was horrible. I'm not about to say, like, people should get punched. Like, no, no, no. That like, was deserved. 100%. The dude was harassing him. What was up with that First guy? First of all. Are you are you out of your yeah, are you like drinking, out of bro. your mind yeah. to be harassing Mike Tyson like this dude? Uh, I, I'm I don't want to go down a bad rabbit hole and get, go back too far into this past, but this man's been in jail. Like this dude yeah, is yeah. not like Uncle Mike. Like there's no, a, no. there's a guy in him that's not a like your soul. friendly. Yes. Yeah, like you're not not your friendly dude. By the like, way, is Tyson in trouble? I, I haven't seen anything, but like, like I hope this... that dude is in big trouble and banned from that airline and banned from any airline and like isn't allowed to like do this again. That dude was harassing him like straight up, and he asked to be left alone. He, des- oh, he deserved what, what came to him in there. How no um, one stopped the guy before this? It was like a kid. <laughs> his friends are recording it. I know, but it was crazy. Like someone in the in, on the plane needed to come up to like this is like a kid with a fork just sticking yeah. it into an outlet or that yeah like I mean or you're at the zoo and you're like hello little lion. No. You know, let me play around with your food. It's nah, crazy. That was that was insane. Bisping and Jake Paul going back and forth. Nothing really there. <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's a there's a, a native nah. the tribal land that's willing to yeah, give that him a, give him a, a Calgary. A, yeah, willing to give him a license. By the way, they don't have licenses as, as they said. I've but. decided what the move is. The move is Tommy Fury in the UK. No, in the UK. Come on. Would you, you would you be yawning for a Bisping fight? No, I'd be. Amped. No, I don't want the Bisping. I think fight. Bisping would lose. Bisping has one eye. That's what like. And he's I, in his forties. Oh, I, no, I just don't. No, I think I don't Jake Paul would that. win. Yeah, it's not a crazy. Yeah, it's I not think Jake Paul Silva, beats the brakes I would love, off Tommy Fury too. That dude is not a good boxer. I would love to That's see Anderson thing. Silva. But isn't isn't that the move right now? Why? Here's here's what I'm not. Convinced Everyone of, wants and I've him never to fight someone his of. age and a boxer. That's his age and that's a boxer. Let me ask you something that's very important that I think gets forgotten in this conversation. Is Tommy Fury that big a draw? Like, does anybody care about Tommy Fury? Because I'm he not convinced a draw that anybody in the UK. gives, an, gives the a name. Gives the a name sh- is an aura about Tommy yes, Fury. And also, by the way, Jake Paul's a big draw in the UK. Like, I think that fight this, is a bigger yeah, draw you could here put Jake Paul against there anybody. than here. You could put him against anybody. Does he need to fight Tommy Fury? I don't think Tommy Fury brings anything to that fight. Straight up. Yo, he's a big and deal. I, 
He's not. Yeah, Except the fact that he's a boxer. He's a reality me, show dude. Love Island. Everyone knows him. Everybody's talking about this, but like, is he a big deal? It, can he sell a pay per view? I'm not convinced. This dude stinks. He was <laughs> he was on the he was on the undercard of the of the prelims for a reason. This no, dude no, is no. Not, he was first fight on main card. Okay, whatever it is, he wasn't the co event. Fight. This dude, and it was a bad fight. I am not convinced that Tommy Fury is a draw. You could talk about he was on a reality TV show. That's great. I just think it would sell. He's got, Paul, he's got millions Paul, of followers. If they did, did it in a, UK. Did a real bad pay per view against Tyson uh, against Tyron Woodley. That's I don't because think, there was no there was no market for that. No one. Wanted yeah, there's to see no that. market for this either. In Tommy the UK, Fury is, uh, this, see, you were good on the takes today. This is a bad one. No, nah, man. Okay, but, okay, but You're telling me Tommy Fury's a draw. Everybody's saying that. Prove it. In Show the arc me. of his career. Okay, the only way to prove it is to do the to fight. Do Are you this. putting Tommy Fury against anybody on pay-per-view? It can, it can if, only if be Jake Paul. If it hinges Tommy entirely on Jake Paul. He's if an 8-0 boxer, Tommy Fury. He's not – this is You can find a Tommy Fury. Abnormal. They're a dime a dozen. Okay, so who They're does he fight? Who does he fight? Anybody. Bisping's more interesting. I disagree. More interesting. disagree. Bisping has one eye. Yeah, and he's better than Tommy Fury. And then the haters will be like, you fought an old guy with one eye. Oh, you think Jake Paul cares about that? No, oh, but the that, haters will say that. But isn't this exactly what the people are saying? They're saying he's not fighting yeah. guys. Are those his the age people who are not paying for Jake Paul's pay per views? Those people are they plopping down their money or are they stealing it? But here's the thing: we Nobody's were going to see a Tommy Fury we were, we were going to see Nobody. Fury in in December Man, in Tampa. Right here, that's one. But na- but now you add the layer of like you know what I'm going to go to the UK where there's crooked judges and all this stuff. Great, and I'll beat you there. That's a Nobody pretty damn cool. Nobody cares move. about Tommy Fury. Prove it to me. Michael I mean, Bisping there, can there sell pay per views. Like, I think there were like thirty thousand people in that stadium. Michael Bisping on, on can sell pay per views. Can Tommy Fury? Uh, I'm looking Show at the me. picture. I don't know if it was thirty. Show me. No, twenty thousand. <laughs> Show it me that, that empty. Show me that Tommy it's Fury can empty. sell. I've not seen it. But nobody here's nobody's the thing. convinced me. Okay, then let me ask you this: How many people know eight and O boxers? You don't know any. So he's the the anomaly. Great. So, so go, that's that's the thing because of his famous last name. So take the famous last name. Take the famous father. Take the famous half brother. And they've been take the year of back and forth social media stuff, take the bad blood, and stick them in the, uh, the Manchester arena. He can do better. I don't know if there's a better. He can do better. The Who's only, better right now? The Anderson only one that Silva. I'm more yeah interested in is Anderson Silva. Easy. But again, then Don, people say I he's too think, old. Then no, maybe I feel that. Old. I feel that. But I also think Anderson Silva actually has a chance of beating him. Anderson okay. Silva. Okay, I don't, well, think, I don't think Bisping okay, does. If I'm, okay, Walk but away. here's the thing. To me, the, the, the debate isn't who's going to beat Jake Paul. The debate is how does Jake Paul navigate this career that he has, right? So I'm almost You're, thinking as Jake – I'm thinking of Nikisa. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of their perspective. They're the ones deciding which chess pieces are moving, right? So if – and I agree with you. Anderson has a chance to beat Jake Paul. Tommy doesn't. So Tommy checks off multiple boxes and he's what beatable. What boxes does Jake Paul – so you're – essentially what your is argument Anderson boils Silva down to. a bigger pay-per-view draw? Than Tommy Ferry? Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, know about dude, that. Come on, come on. I don't know about I that. Will, on, I will dude. say Rick, Rick asked what boxes Tommy Fury checks, and you mentioned them. It's someone his age, and it's an actual yes. boxer. Okay, but here's, here's the – what your argument boils down to is you think that they care more about checking these boxes than they care about making money. That's not the case. I think they want both. They want the – They want both, and yeah. Anderson Silva is that answer. And Michael Bisping is more of that answer. Tommy Fury – you could tell me he was on a reality show. You ever seen it? Yeah, you know anybody Netflix. who watched Love it? Love Island, Molly you know May. Anybody yeah, who my sister. It? My sister legit watched it. Okay, so is your sister buying the pay-per-view? Oh, yeah, she's all in. I, that's, I, that's the answer. Tommy Fury ain't drawing. Tommy Fury is not a draw. Here's the thing. Period. Man, he's got millions of social media yes. followers. Four and million. Way, so is Paige Van Zandt. Did she draw for BKFC? 
Anderson, well, according to them, she did, whatever yeah. that ceiling is. But Anderson isn't going to sell this fight. And by the way, I love Anderson. I'll be happy to have the Anderson fight, but I'm just trying to figure this out Dude. from the perspective. What you're, I think, not taking into account is Tommy in the UK is the move. Not Tommy in some random American city. That's a big scene. Who's buying it? Well, Who's if you're gonna, buying well, it? here's the thing. If you're going to do the pay-per-view in the UK, you're kind of like punting on the American pay-per-view, number one. But number two, I actually think the move, like if, you know, and far be it for me to tell them what to do. I actually think Jake should get off pay-per-view. Okay, now, well, if that's, see, now that's changing because the Because his fan base isn't a pay-per-view fan base. If, if we're doing something like that, now Tommy Fury makes a, a lot of sense. Do a deal with Amazon or something. Do Great. a deal with, go, uh, go, or, go. or put it on Showtime and get a million viewers on Showtime. Okay, now, now I'm now I'm open to Tommy Fury. Now I all of a sudden become open to Tommy Fury. But you Fury. see why I'm saying that? His fan base isn't a pay per view fan base. Like yeah, and Tommy Fury ain't bringing it either. So that's that's a zero for them. That's a, that's a loss. That's a I just loss. Think it would be a scene. I could see him walking out okay. there with the uh, the top Again, hat. And if the... you want to do local fights in the UK, just put on a local fight in the UK. Do a no, smoker, you can't Jake say, Paul versus Tommy you can't Fury. Say Tommy Fury is a local fight. Like Dude, he's a big what? name. What is he proving? Is he a big name? Yes, is he, he is. Name? How many followers does he have? How many shows has he even headlined? Has this dude Four even headlined million. a boxing fight? No, but he's an eight and no boxer. That's the point. The point is he's the rare eight and no boxer that people actually know about because why? of his famous if last name Jake and the platform Paul, he's been if on. If you're Jake Paul, why do you care about that? Why would you care about that? Because you check off the box of, hey, what? I fought a boxer what? my age. But who cares? So so you're saying – Well, he clearly what, cares. He's doing this is what Jake Paul's, tracks about people. This he is clearly what, cares. This is what's going to happen. Jake Paul's going <laughs> to check off these boxes that you've, that you've yes. presented and everybody's all of a sudden going to be like, oh, sorry. I was wrong. Jake no, Paul's No, and the then we deal. go to the next one. <laughs> the whole silly. thing. It's Look, silly. People said, oh, you beat a social media it's guy? Silly. Okay, what it's next? Silly, I'm going to beat an NBA player and then I'm going to beat an MMA Jake fighter. Jake Paul then... is not in this for the long haul. He needs to make the most money he can. He's not a career fighter. He's he's done soon. I think he It makes... ain't Tommy Fury. I think he makes just as much money fighting Tommy as he does Anderson. Oh, come on, man. I'm being serious. MMA fans will plop down for Anderson, 100%. They're not plopping down for Tommy Fury. Nobody cares. I think Nobody MMA. Cares. I think I, I MMA. Think a lot of people watch. I think MMA fans Ugh. are plopping down on their couch to steal the Anderson fight. They ain't plopping sure. down to pay for anything. They ain't paying for Tommy Fury. Yeah, but the Love Island crowd is. <laughs> oh, the Love, the Love yeah, Island. Yeah, your sister's crowd's sitting there, yeah. four million, ordering four million. murder yeah, in this pay per view. Big pay per view. Dude, you guys, you guys are, you are, you guys are confusing like talk, trash talk, and social media and this that with like actually selling pay per views. This happens in the UFC a lot too. Like some people are draw, some people are not. I haven't seen it. Tommy Fury ain't it. All right. Anderson uh, Silva has headline pay-per-views for millions of dollars. Yeah, but not at this point. He headlined a pay-per-view headlined, in 2012 with Chael Sonnen You know 10 what? Years He's ago. still headlining He's shows 47. at least. He's still at least headlining cards. You know what's going to happen. He's going to fight him. They're going to say his own guy, blah, blah, blah. So what? He's going to make more money. So what? Is he going to sell the fight? What, what you don't even need is the question the here? Like, what are, Anderson Silva. He's saying, he's saying Anderson's a, a better idea than fighting – I'm not saying fighting Tommy. Fighting Tommy in America doesn't do anything for me. Fighting Tommy in the UK okay, is yeah, sexy. Okay. Is we're we're trying to decide the best your goal move. Is the best move. To, yeah. do, okay. to do what though? Fight Tommy Fury in the UK this. to do what? It's, it's the next step. Yeah, man. So that okay. So then, who's after Tommy Fury? Oh, we'll worry about that later. <laughs> Come on, man. It's it's the next step to nothing. It's it means nothing. It means nothing. A win over Tommy Fury does not mean anything. Nathan and if Diaz. That's the case, it needs to be worth it. Money. Nathan Diaz isn't a fan of the NFTs. <laughs> Clay Collard wins again. Clay Collard is the UFC killer. 
3027. Yeah, all he does is yeah. kill the UFC guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was 3027 for sure. Yeah, he beat him up. Come on. 3027. What did you think? You thought Stevens won? No, 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 not the fight. But I, I thought that he got around at least. Mm. Like it was thirty twenty seven clear across the board. Great three idea here from Shaheen. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing that too. Have Anderson be the fight. Have Bisping be the mouthpiece. Man, that would be fun. I mean, we're we're just cooking with gas right now. <laughs> oh, Love Island. He was on Love Island. Okay. And, and meanwhile, he's I'll buried on these that. cards. Nobody's I'll count, ever seen him. I'll counter that Tyson, with Tyson. have Tommy be the fight. Have John and Tyson be the mouthpiece in the UK. Yeah. Meanwhile, every time they get on the mic, they're burying the kid as if he can't do anything no, they're right. Not. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's talking are. about his freaking girlfriend. He's crazy, John Fury. The guy's. They don't. His... Yeah, they they don't exactly like big up uh, Tommy the the way that you would think, and for good reason. Drickus uh, Duplessis has a fight against Brad Tavares, UFC two seventy six. Uh, Cejudo says he's coming back. Dana White continues to say he's retired. <laughs> it's like it's the craziest thing. He keeps saying he's coming okay, back. But Dana let, keeps saying he's retired. He did like back. a whole video that he's like, "I'm back." Yeah, signing like, saw the thing nah, about him Dana White. Let, let's go back to reality, though. I think I think Henry Cejudo will get a fight. Yes, yes, yes for I sure. Mean, yeah, he's just on. like kicking him. That's good, though. That's yeah, good. Drickus, I'm probably going to bet on Dude, him again. Pray that I can I know, actually see him fight. I yeah, that would be great. I know he's turned into a joke purposefully, the cringe stuff. But, like, one of the best combat sports athletes of all time yes. is going to fight again. It's a good thing. But, you know, Yo, I'm down with him fighting Volkanovski. Yeah, he's made it. I'm so down for that. that. I would be so hyped for that. He's made it bad, but like the dude is the dude is one of the best ever. And I'm and I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he will fight again. Yuani and Jacek, Zhang Wei Li official three rounds. Yeah, not which five. Was five. Which was five. I'm okay with it. Enough of Same. this five round non title fight nonsense. Same. If yeah. you want it to be five rounds, make it a main event. Wish it was five. Agree. Uh Neil Magny, the man, balls another, of steel, doesn't game. get Hamza. Get Gets the guy who might be as tough as Hamzad, just not nearly as well known as Hamzad. Yeah. He gets Shavkat, Rachmanov. I mean, golly. Just copy and paste what I said about Vittori and then just put it on, I mean, on Neil Magny and then we can. Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. Neil Magny. Much respect. Will Brooks is knocking at the door, says he wants to get back in there. And yep. uh, a couple One of, of bo- faves. a boxing. Uh, Spence Crawford. Is it happening? Is it not? I, nope. I, I continue to say that boxing. Happening. Never happening? Oh, they I don't want to make happen. the damn fight. What do you no, want to say? No, I think it's happening. It's been forever. No, I feel like... How many times have we been here? It feels like there's something going on in boxing where there is this is uh, desire. Yeah, I mean, How, look at Taylor get, Serrano. That was never happening, and they made that. Uh, Cambos is fighting Devin Taylor, Haney. Taylor yeah. Serrano was not a this is never happening fight. Oh, no yes. Way. No oh, 100%. Way. Nah, man. Yo, that fight was like in talks for six years or something crazy like yeah, that. Yeah, but they... No. Their their careers weren't like on hold while they were talking about this. not saying on hold. Spen- I'm not saying it's Spencer as big Crawford as Spencer Crawford. are just like digging opponents out of no Nowhere. Like these dudes have been on a collision course from anywhere. Spence dominated Ugas. Like it's this. It's time. Like if you're gonna do it, we didn't get Joshua Fury. We didn't get Spence Crawford. They've been talked about forever. There's nothing that tells me that boxing makes the fights that we need to see. Nothing. I feel like we're moving in that direction slowly. I hope so. I love it. That's it's not. It's never going to be like a blanket thing. There's still always going to be PBC not wanting to work with Matchroom and this than that. But I'm just saying. I feel like we're there's there's more of a I don't know. I'm, more of a of a of a push to try to try to make these fights. I don't know. I'm, I'm holding there, out. Hope. I'm not there yet, but that is the fight of all boxing fights. Any weight class, any anything that I want to see the most. That is the boxing fight. Oh yeah. Is but that I'm one and two right now I'm in the pound there. for pound rankings? 
No. Mm, Canelo would be one. No, Canelo. But the, oh, I yeah, mean, it would Canelo be pretty damn one. close. It'd be pretty damn close. And the last thing, which affects not only boxing, but MMA as well, the Daniel Kinahan situation uh, with MTK now closing and uh, the U.S. Treasury putting uh, sanctions on him and the $5 bounty on any information. And then like five, literally- Five million. Five million. What did I say? Five dollars? Jeez, everyone would be coming out of the Cheap woodwork. Uh, five million. <laughs> Uh, literally days after Munir Lasse giving him the uh, yeah the he shout the out, rub, he's shouting him out, yeah, on the ESPN broadcast, and then shout out to uh, journalist Alan Dawson at the press conference, asked him a bunch of questions about it, and then people were saying like, move on, move on, and like the guys asking questions about something he gave a shout out to um, or about, but this is a story that has been, I think it's been very much a boxing story, but it it. I'm not going to say it's as much of an MMA story, but I mean, Darren Till is. T- I've I've asked Daniel, uh, Darren about Daniel multiple yeah. times. Uh, Darren has taken pictures with him. Again, not as much involved in MMA, but certainly has had ties. And MTK well, has ties to uh, MMA as well. They represent some guys. Going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, Tyson Fury I'll, as well. I'll point out here that the official line from MTK has always been, Daniel has not been involved since they they took over the promotion like the the new group of people has taken over the promotion whether you know that's that's factual or not is is for somebody else to decide but that they have said that he has not been involved in their business and then separately you know you have guys like darren till who or or, uh munir saying uh munir saying um that they were friends with him and that their relationship is separate. So it's a very complicated kind of muddy situation in terms of what's the truth and what's not in terms of what his actual connections are. Um, but it seems like every fighter who's been in the, in that situation has just essentially said, look, I have a personal relationship. It's not related to that. And then they don't right. want to talk about it. And then further. Bob Arum is saying he's getting too involved and he's getting too greedy and he's at, and yep. he's getting, I mean, Tyson was getting mad about those questions last week. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I mean, I get it. If, you know, if your if your MO when asked about him is to shut it down and then people continue to ask about it, I get, you know, why, but I also understand like this is what has to be done. The questions need to be asked. It is it is as relevant and and topical oh, yeah. and important as ever. Like that that's the reality of the situation. Someone so asked me if mad. they put the sanctions on because Tyson was fighting. Like if the timing – I don't know. It's impossible to know, but yeah. the timing wasn't great for Tyson. Well, I'll tell you that much. It, yeah, but like are we talking about it now? Like like this is this is the first um, you know thing about it that has been talked about it in terms of Tyson Fury. Like everybody's talking about the knockout. Everybody's talking about a fight no, with Francis and well, now The tail on it is so short. Like even if they did time it for that or intended for it to be that kind of conversation, it's like the world has, has moved on from – Tyson's connection to it and it's just like he's the best ever you know this as and that they so do. as they as it does so yeah. you know I don't know if there's a way to like perfect that kind of thing um there was a, there was one more thing PFL no I'm I'm the owner <laughs> oh, of the right. house oh yeah this is the biggest one Frank and breaking news this is a crazy story one more thing happened. let's end on this I'm the owner of a new home out on Long Island, shout out! Thank you, thank you. It's been a it's been a long process, a long journey. My family's going to be the, my family's the big winners here. But shout out, yes, to the to the best real estate agent in the business, <laughs> Ragin Ally Aquinta of Ragin Al Realty, uh, for getting it done. My real estate agent. This is Ally a shoot. Aquinta. This is a shoot. Me and him came together, got the deal done. When do you reach uh, out to him? 
Thanksgiving time? Christmas time? Like you somewhere reach out to holiday, him, you say, I'm looking for a holiday. house. How is he? This is the big question I think everyone wants to know. Yeah. What is he like as a real estate agent? The best. Just just the goat. Goes to bat for you. Gets you gets you what you need. <laughs> uh, You're closes. going to open houses with Ray Janelle. Oh, open houses. He's we're, talking we're... to you about the basement. It's finished. It's not finished. Oh, yeah. The dude. The dude's the, <laughs> the, dude's the goat. He's taking if calls you... at lunch from Al and he's just like, oh, yeah, hey, um, Al. Uh, so I got to do this. A little, little behind the scenes. So like Al's, Al's there uh, with, uh, with Al Jermaine, obviously. Fight what? Aljamain's um, coming to the open houses too? No. <laughs> Al is at fight week for Aljamain. Oh, right, 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 right. And I'm texting Al like, hey, you know, we got the we got the closing. I want to do the the final walkthrough, this and that. Get oh, yeah. back to me. Like, this dude, this dude's the man. This dude's the GOAT. Um so if you if you need a home on Long Island, there's there's only one place to So it's for. not a gimmick. He is legit. He's the man. He knows what he's doing. He got it done. You you love the place. Love it. So happy. Not only that, goes the extra mile. I mean, this to me was the most impressive part. Yeah, gets the cartoon oh dry, gets Bruce and, Buffer and, to announce it from Bruce Buffer. Yeah, Bruce. Buffer I mean, that was incredible. It. Bruce, did you know that was happening? No, no. I mean, come on. He surprised you with that. I saw that. I was like, wow, that's an incredible touch. Nice. That's class, man, right there. The man. Pretty close to Amityville. Sketchy. He's he's the best yeah. realtor in the biz. Where is that's it? My guy. Or are you not allowed to say? Long Island. Pretty close Long to Island. Amityville. Pretty sketchy. What is Amityville? No, it's not in Amityville. Really, Ariel? I just said pretty close to Amityville. No, but what is that? Well, why is that sketchy? The, the house in Amityville. Oh. There was a haunted. There was this thing called movies. Yeah, I just. Well, it's a true story too. Just listen to a podcast on it. Great stuff. I just watched Billy Madison. Jesus, that's so grim. Jesus, yeah, why, why would you say there? that? Yeah, Jesus Jesus. these are my kids. Just yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Look at a map. I mean, what's wrong with you? Wait, what's the movie? <laughs> is it like Friday the Thirteenth? Is it? Friday? No, it's called like Amityville Horror. Like, uh, whatever. No, well, it's based. No, it's based on a true story. Anyway, uh, congratulations, Mazel Tov. When you, when, I mean, come on. What? I mean, you got to look at a map before you move somewhere. This, this, this is just, to do that. Just, I mean, the guy's having a moment here. He's excited. So he I'm really just saying, I'm not coming you. to the open house. Uh, I mean, you weren't invited. Are, is there going to be an open house? Is there going to be a party? Uh, a yeah, housewarming? <laughs> uh, now I have to shorten the list a little bit. Maybe I don't say it over no here. No GC, we'll no Killershaw. <laughs> no, Killershaw's coming. Oh, he is? Killershaw's invited. Yeah, good. Send, send Killershaw out Killershaw's to invited. <laughs> Killershaw, all our friends. All our friends are coming. And when do you um, move in? Not yet. I got some time. I, I think we'll, we'll finish out the, the school year for my older daughter. Uh, here in New York, and then and then move for next wow. year. Wow! Shout out to Ray Janelle. What a legend, Ray Janelle. I mean, people joke, people make you know wisecracks, but it's legit. Like no, he is living that life, dude. I mean, I you know obviously I know him, and we're we're talking like the dudes. He planned properly. You know, he was a no fighter. Did what he needed to do to set himself up. Now he's he's doing great. He's doing great, and he says he's feeling healthy. So. Did you ever record like one of the – I would love to see him taking you to an open house and being no, like, man. oh, they've got a walk-in. Who am I, a weirdo? Like, no, it's just for, do people recognize him when you go to the open houses? Yeah, there's – you know. There are if people like – Look, he's on Long Island. <laughs> if there's people who like know about the fight yeah. game, you're going you're gonna to run into that him. That is so too, great. But, uh, I love that it's guy. It's the best. One of the and all-time I'm, I'm best. happy and uh, I'm glad that we were able to get it done. Well done. Mazel tov to everyone involved. Um, all right. Well, that's great news to end on. PFL back on Thursday – Solid little card there. UFC back on Saturday. And, of course, we've got the big Taylor Serrano fight. We're back on Wednesday. Should we tell them who's coming in studio on uh, Wednesday? Yeah, do it. Our old friend Eddie Hearn dropping by. How about that? Eddie Hearn back in studio on Wednesday to help us uh, get ready for the event. Other 
people as well will be stopping by, not in studio, but let's be honest. Eddie Hearn in studio is a big deal. We love picking his brain, talking about the uh, combat sports scene. And also he was in attendance at the uh, the O2 Arena when the UFC was there in March. So we'll get his thoughts on uh, being there cage side with our good friend Dana White. For now, though, we are out of time. Thank you very much, GC New York Rick. Thank you to the crew in the back over there. Frank, you can hit my music. Good to be back. Oh, yeah. Good to be back. Happy to be back. Missed all of you. Appreciate everyone who wrote in saying that life wasn't the same without us, that the weeks were just kind of... I mean, it was only one week, but it was just kind of like slowly, just like kind of trudging along, and there was nothing out there. There were no good shows, no good podcasts. Like, listen, I feel you. I got nothing to listen to either. In fact, I watched every episode of The Last Dance over again. That's my big thing that I did over the... uh, over the break. Oh, Marlon Vera just texted me. Big fight for him on Saturday. Marlon Chito Vera. A huge fight for him. And he's an underdog. That might be my underdog pick of the week. We shall see. We'll talk about that on Wednesday. For now, though, we are out of time. Thank you so much to everyone who stopped by. Thank you to everyone who tuned in. Thank you to Francis Ngannou. Fascinating story to follow. We'll be talking about this one, I predict, for many weeks and months to come. I can't wait to see how it all unfolds. Appreciate him very much for stopping by. Thank you very much. To the great Ben Rothwell, congratulations on the new deal. Thanks for coming on and uh, announcing it on this year's program. Ben Rothwell going to BKFC. That is interesting, very interesting, especially with all the stuff that he was talking about. Thank you very much, of course, to Andreas Michael, who stopped by. Congrats on the big win. And thank you and congrats to Dan Hardy on the big news as well. Appreciate everyone who tuned in. Please download, rate, subscribe, review, do all those things that you do. It helps us out a lot. And we'll be back on Wednesday, same time and place. Until then... I say peace. I'm out of here. I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So, uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash MMA. Dot com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot 
because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.